Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is Scorpio Sky, and you are listening to the Keeping It Strong Style Podcast, and it is the best. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is a network where we can get it done. I'm a chill and let them have it because this is just an intro keeping the strong style six stars from the get-go boy yeah from tampa bay to the tokyo dome this is keeping it strong style with your hosts jeremy donovan and the young boy joshua smith and thank you for listening welcome to keeping it strong style the ace of podcasts on the social suplex podcast network jeremy donovan here joined by the young boy josh smith on today's show, we'll be reviewing Wrestling Hinokuni. We'll be giving our predictions for both days of Wrestling Dantaku. And of course, we'll cover all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. If you go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe, you can sign up to get all of our podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. This episode of Keeping a Strong Style is brought to you by Powerslam.tv. Powerslam.tv is an independent wrestling streaming service with over 4,000 hours of wrestling from companies across the world. Use the promo code SOCIALSUPLEX to get your first month free. Make sure you check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. And that's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt as well as all the other t-shirts that are available from the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Young boy, how you doing, man? First things first, we got some family business here. I'm, I, heard, I heard the name of our show on another show just this past week. I, did you catch that? Yeah, you know, I, you mentioned it. I, I missed it at first, but I, I went back and uh, listened to it. So, uh, good friends of the show, Damon McDonald and Joel Abraham, over at Voices of Wrestling, part of uh, uh, the Super J cast, they were doing a little bit. They were doing a little bit, and uh, they mentioned how they kind of keep like a positive timeline because anybody that criticizes them, even in a complimentary way, they block them immediately. Like. Mm-hmm. You say something negative, blocked. Uh, which I thought was a funny bit, but then Damon said, yeah, get out of here. Why don't you go listen to Keeping It Strong Style? I just want everybody to know, Damon's absolutely correct. <laughs> we want you to come listen to Keeping It Strong Style. That's right. We, if you give us a negative review, if you give us criticism, 
I still want you to hit that subscribe button, hit that download, get these <laughs> downloads up. If you criticize us, I'm going to hit that retweet button. Bring this heat. I don't care if you're a Fed defense squatter, a pro defense squatter, a lucha defense squatter. A Nokiist. Uh, yeah, whether you're an Nokiist, whether you hate this show and you think that we're trash and you listen every week just to disagree with us and bury us. We want you listening, because guess what? We want your download, kid. <laughs> uh, luckily, we don't have too much negative interaction online. Yeah, I mean, we're going almost close to a year and a half now of doing the show. and Yeah. Not- Sh- shout, out to, shout out to Super J Cast, by the way. I just thought that was funny. But yeah, he was like... He's like, get out of here. Why don't you just go listen to, <laughs> to Keeping a Strong Style or something? I was like, yeah. yeah. Why don't you come listen to Keeping a Strong yeah, Style yeah. or something? Sh- shut off their podcast. <laughs> come, come over here. I was like, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Damon, I agree with you 110%. Hey, I've always told you I respect Damon McDonald's opinion, his takes. He's been in the game longer and he knows exactly what he's talking about. They need to come listen to Keeping a Strong Style. <laughs> Oh, oh man, no, I love goodness. those guys. Although I am still pissed that they didn't show up that that one night. That one night we were all supposed to go out, and I, I can't. Rudy's, Rudy's. I was supposed to meet. I had a weird night at Rudy's. No thanks to those guys. I had a weird, weird night. Yeah, man, should have came to the uh, the Irish pub. Yeah, I could have been. I could have been out with you guys and Mike Semper Vivi. Yeah, Brian Alvarez rubbing elbows with the stars instead. I, I was slumming it at Rudy's. Uh, yeah, that was a. That was a really crazy night. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, yeah, man, I'm doing good. We've had a good weekend. Uh, we attended the Alex Payne, the Tampa Bay Pro Alex Payne Memorial Show. Uh, yeah, Memorial Show this past weekend. Saw some great wrestling. Yeah, we saw, you know, former Ring of Honor world champion Jay Lethal. Oh, that's right. In action. Yeah, for 10 bucks, man, we got to go to a little rec center and see, uh, you know, Jay Lethal, like, lock it up with guys. I'll tell you what, man. He was tag team with uh, David Mercury. Yes, the technical alchemist, the Tampa Bay pro wrestling heavyweight champion. I'm, I'm sure the majority of our listeners don't know David Mercury, but I'm telling you, this guy you need to. is freaking awesome. If you got Fight TV, Tampa Bay pro wrestling is on Fight TV. You need to watch some David Mercury. He's really, really, really good. Like, it's kind of crazy. And you know us. We, we're not going to come out here and put somebody over just to put them over because we're friends or they're not our territory nah we put over the best and david mercury is one of the best wrestlers on the florida independent scene right now he he really is also shout out to rod grimes yes the scoundrel scoundrel the the self-proclaimed tampa bay pro wrestling heavyweight champion so this man comes out we know rod rod's actually a good friend of the show and he uh he actually spent some time at the la dojo with shibata and uh we were gonna have him come on the show but i guess that was like Long time ago, we, we, we kind of dropped the ball on yeah, that one. Yeah, that, that ship's kind of sailed. It, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he was coming out, and this guy's just man—he's a heel that you just have to hate. So we're sitting there telling me sucks. Gets up right there in the in the middle of the convention center. Gets up, he's like, "You know what sucks? Your, Your podcast, podcast sucks." <laughs> and I was like, "It's pretty good. It's pretty good." Yeah, in the middle of the match, like, your podcast still sucks. Yeah, <laughs> this man's trying to bury us out here. Jerry got heated up. Yeah, man, I got, I got up. I was about to jump in the ring, man. He doesn't know, bro. You're he, a shooter. Yeah, I'll shoot on that, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you, you can you make fun of us, you know, but you do not. You do not make fun 
of the podcast. The ace of podcasts. The ace of podcasts. The best podcast network on the internet right now. <laughs> Social Suplex. Yeah, bro. We're right up there with like all, all the top podcasts right, you know, out there. You, you got your Wrestling Observer Network. You got your Voices of Wrestling then you got your social suplex podcast network. Man, forget that. We're up there with like Up and Vanished and uh, uh, what's the other? Oh god, I can't remember any of the podcasts I listen to. It doesn't matter. We're up there. Yes, we're up there. So yeah, that that was a good little show. And in between that, I mean, there was tons. How about we saw two like Tampa Bay Young Boys hit uh, freaking Blue Thunder bombs on that show that were immensely Way better. Way better than Mikey Nichols. These guys are literally just graduated from the Lethal Academy. They're literally, like, barely pro wrestlers. Like, you wouldn't even call them... I mean, I guess they are pro wrestlers, but you wouldn't even barely call them. They just... Who knows if they're even going to continue with their careers. Right, either. and they were teaming against uh, Jay Lethal and David Mercury, and they hit some beautiful-looking Blue Thunders. They weren't the only ones. There were several guys on that show that hit it, and I was like, every single time, we're like, better than Mikey Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. And some other guys to check out from Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling, you know, our boys, uh, Troy Hollywood, uh, Snoop Strikes, Snoop, a.k.a. Koto Brazil on MLW. Hunter Law. And, uh, yeah, off of his head, Hunter Law. So, yeah, guys, check out Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling on Fight TV. And check those guys out. Those guys are some names to keep keep an eye on. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I, if if someone is on Fight TV, that five way main event that we saw was a really good match. Like really, really good. Also, uh, condolences to the the Alex Payne family. Alex Payne was a local indie wrestler that we've seen here for years. Uh, he died tragically just a few months back, uh, unexpectedly. Uh, an unknown health condition. Twenty seven years old, just passed away unexpectedly um so they had a tribute show for him which is really nice to kind of see all the wrestlers pay tribute it was really sad actually yeah yeah it was yeah very sad very, very emotional sad. show and w- i was always a mark for, for alex yeah part of the this group called the dynasty they would come out to you're the best around nothing's gonna ever keep us down speaking of which cobra kai season two i believe it's out now if it's not out it's coming out and that show is awesome but uh that's neither here nor there but yeah uh, condolences to Alex Payne's yeah, family. Thoughts and prayers with that family. Also, we have to give a quick shout out to our boys, Sam C. and the Captain Aaron Nova. They are the new Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions, defeating Dakota. Man, oh, thank God. <laughs> Dakota freaking sucks. <laughs> Yo, we um, we need to start a Tampa Bay a Tampa Pro Bay Wrestling, Pro wrestling po- Podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Give Turnbuckle Trash Talk a run for its money. Yeah. What's up, Ken? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, there was tons of wrestling going on all over the place. Got Crockett Cup. You got your Impact Rebellion. And then tons of Road to Wrestling Dontaku shows. Not Uh, to mention, Avengers Endgame was this weekend. Yes, yeah. Not to mention, the battle for Winterfell. Big weekend for all the Starks involved. (laughs) Uh, you don't even know what I'm talking about. No, do you? I have I have no idea what you're talking about. See, that about. was a really funny joke because the Starks are in uh, Game of Thrones, but then there's Tony Stark in Avengers, so it was a big weekend for all the Starks. Gotcha. What about the dragons? Oh, the dra- You know the dragons are, are good to go. I don't think we can recreate magic. <laughs> I don't think we can recreate magic on the dragons bit. Dude, we've been keeping that bit like going in our group thread, like. Today, Rich like tagged me with something with like a uh, Richie the Dragon Steamboat. He's gonna be at a uh, Starcast. That's great. <laughs> um, also, you know, Champion Carnival's going around. And our boy Muzza, he wants to know 
your thoughts on the Champions Carnival so far? Have you been watching that or keeping up with that? Bro, heck no. <laughs> I can't keep up with the Champions Carnival and New Japan and try to get my financial license and have a social life and whatever else. Like, nah, man. Like, keeping up with New Japan right now is a task and a half. So I don't know what's going on with the Champions Carnival at all. I did watch a good portion of the highly recommended matches last year. I'll probably cherry pick this year, but I haven't even been, honestly, I haven't been looking into it at all. Like, I have to get mentally prepared for best of the Super Juniors. I barely made it through best of the Super Juniors last year. We're going to talk about it here later, but man, this is, it's a G1. In fact, it's going to be more daunting than the G1 in some ways because even though it's less shows, it's more shows per capita. Right. It's more shows back to back to back. And like, May's my birthday month. I'm trying to get my financial license, trying to get a workout in, trying to wash my body, trying, <laughs> trying to just like go shopping for food and whatever else. Just trying to survive trying this, to survive this, this in, cruel world. In these mean streets, in the, within the mean streets of uh, Tampa, PA, <laughs> TPA, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so, man. Uh, yeah, the mean streets of town and country. Yeah, the town and country. It's, it's real out here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> trying to keep it a buck. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, no, I don't have time to watch Champions Carnival. Muzza, you are now part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You are now one of us. And when you're Social Suplex, you're, you're Social, Social Suplex, Suplex for life. life. Unless you're not. Unless we fire you or unless you quit, then you're not really <laughs> part of us anymore. That, that would, we uh, asked for your shirt back. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few of those. But, uh... They were never really with us. They weren't really one of us. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Like, I'm probably like... Like, if you think you were one of us, then you... Okay, let me put it to you this way. If you're listening to this right now and you're mad that I'm saying this because you thought you were part of us, you were part of us. If you're listening to us and you were like, I was never really part of them... Guess what, bud? You, you, you were never, never part of us. <laughs> that was strictly a business transaction, like Jay White part of chaos. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but um, where was I going with all that? You were saying, I think you were going to say have Muzza either do oh, yeah, yeah. So Muzza, a All Japan podcast or, or a written review or something. You're going to need to give us coverage. You're going to need to tell us what you think. I'm going to defer to your judgment on this one. You're, 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 an, you're an authoritarian at this point. When, when you're, you've been highly vetted, you've been we we sought you out, we checked your credentials. You're you're an accurate star raider, Muzza. This is your time to shine. You need to step up to the plate, and then let us know. And then I'll just watch the crap that you says is good. And if it's not good, then I'm gonna judge you very very harshly. <laughs> so don't don't be giving me no no four star matches. It's four and a half and above for this one. Ain't nobody got time for four stars. Got, we ain't got no time for four stars. Um, no, we you have to bump that up to four point seven five. Yeah, you're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. I mean, that that's basically an indie. I can't be watching no indie Japanese pro wrestling. <laughs> I'm all about the big leagues. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> DDT, get out of here. NJ AJ, AJPW, out of here. Noah, out of here. Stardom, ain't got time for it. What up, James? <laughs> <laughs> all the Joshi, all the big Japan. Nah, man. Freedoms, forget that. It's all about 
the king of sports, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And speaking of that, let's get into Shin it, man. Pro Wrestle. <laughs> um, so we had a bunch of Road to Wrestling Dontaku shows. We are not going to break all you those shows down. You don't want to talk down. about all those multi-man matches? Hey, I will say, <laughs> some of those multi-man matches are fire. I've watched LIJ vs. Chaos like 20 times in a row now. <laughs> but every single time, it's been fire. It's funny that there have been times where people have been like, if you could change one thing about New Japan Pro Wrestling, what would you change? And I've always kind of mentioned, well, I wish they would mix it up a bit on these, you know, road to shows, on these tours. I see what they're doing, but, you know, it gets a little, you know, monotonous. That being said, every single time LIJ and Chaos have a 10-man tag, I'm going to be there for it. It doesn't really matter. You can give that match to me 50 times in a year. You know, other companies do stuff like this. I remember there was a time where... Uh, Seth Rollins was wrestling uh, Dolph Ziggler like oh, like what like twenty something times a year or yeah, something like that. Jeez, people are freaking out. But we're getting more Lij Chaos Ten Man tags than that, and we're we're fine. We're like this is great. Right now you got you got a Bushi sprinkled in on the Chaos side. Yeah, man. Any and other company would literally get buried for this. But for and there's probably people who are like this ain't consistent. Y'all ain't being consistent. Well, guess what? The star ratings are consistent. <laughs> Oh, man, that's so true. And then, plus, dude, the Young line stuff, you got, you know, Yumura, Suji, Narita, Bro, and Umino listen, killing it out listen, there. Yumura and Suji are getting so good. And now that they got long hair, I can I can vibe with them. I can rock with them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then we have uh, Dragon Lee, Will Ospreay, and Jeff Cobb on the tour. Like, come on, man. Like, this is great. My dog Kanemaru, my dog Taichi, my dog... Uh, Yoshihashi, they're just out there killing it. <laughs> My dog Mikey Nichols, yeah, man, all the stars. Hikaleo, actually, hey, we're gonna talk about Hikaleo's yeah, been yeah, impressing yes, me, man. This, yes, Hikaleo, yeah, man. He's... Hey, hey, hey. Why, why, why do when I when I watch Hikaleo, why do I think, man, that cold strap would probably look good around his waist? <laughs> We're watching a future IWGP champion yeah, right now. We we very well could be, man. Bro, bro, he's the he's he's the son. That Haku has always wanted. <laughs> he will. He he is. He's like um, he's like freaking Darth Vader. Like he's the one who will bring balance to the Force. He's the the one that was foretold. <laughs> not Tama. Not Tangaloa. Hikaleo. Oh man. Let's get into it. But uh, so yeah. So we're just gonna cover the the big matches that happened over the Road to Wrestling Dontaku shows. Um. First of all, there was the Never Six Man Championships that were defended on April 22nd with the champions, the most violent perverts, Toriyanu, Togi Makabe, and Risuke Taguchi taking on the challengers, Hikaleo, Tangaloa, Tamatanga, the Sons of Haku, the Bullet Club, Gorillas of Destiny. What do you think about this one? It's fine. I mean, it was okay. What did you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it wasn't that great. Um, it's kind of a throwaway match. Uh, yeah, I mean, this match was totally skippable. A lot of shenanigans between Yano and Tama Tonga. I mean, this whole the, the, the Tama. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll be honest. The match wasn't great, but I I really have been digging the storyline between uh, Tama Tonga and uh, freaking. Toriano mm-hmm. and them just continuously stealing all the belts from one another. Like I, I don't know why, man. Like I love this little feud. Like I just, I dig it. 
And you know what? I, honestly, I think this the 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 ending of the match. I thought it was overbooked. So you you had the spot where Jado hit accidentally hits Tamatanga with the kendo stick. I felt like that should have went into the finish. They went on and did more after that, and I think it just completely like fell off a cliff after that. Listen, this was a two star match. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, it was really just to kind of build up to the. Most Violent Players versus uh, G.O.D. match that we got at Hinokuni. Mm-hmm. That being said, I mean, these guys were, they were at, on a house show. They knew it. They wrestled like it. It was somewhat entertaining, but more for the shenanigans. You're absolutely right. I would say it was overbooked by far, but I wouldn't give this a recommend whatsoever. No. So, uh, Mak- um, unless you just want to, like, watch the the antics between Yano and uh, Tamatonga, which... That stuff's been great. Yeah, that's been hilarious. But then when it comes to in action, not so much. Uh, Makabe ends up getting the win here for the team. He hits the King Kong knee drop on Hikaleo. Uh, gets the one, two, three. Most violent perverts retain. While we're on the subject, let's just talk about it for a moment. Hikaleo's been very impressive on this tour, man. He has. I mean, this guy, his ring awareness is a hundred times different like when we first started seeing him in New Japan. Absolutely. This guy. And you know what? I feel like we've been on the, the Hikaleo bandwagon since day one. We've been like, I can see something in this guy. And like we've been saying that since we first saw him. And every time we see him, we're like, he's getting a lot better. And other people just hand wave him. They're like, Hikaleo, he's hot trash. He's garbage. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, he's got a really good look. He's really learning really fast. And His like, timing is his so much better. Good. Selling's better. Facial expressions are better. Uh, his physique's better. Physique's better. Intensity, aggression. And he's a good-looking man. Yeah, he, he's he's a star, bro. Like this and, guy's uh, probably gonna be something. I, I don't know if you've been catching this, but the, um, on commentary they've still been referring to him as a young lion. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I found that quite interesting. I mean, obviously he's been taking all the what, L's. What have you thought about Juicy being on commentary? I oh, haven't yeah. really dug it. Just, just as yeah. A, uh, Juicy G don't Gambino joined the commentary towards the end of this uh, tour. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I've he, seen other people online talk about how they have enjoyed him and thought think he's doing a really good job. But to me, it's been like we don't. I could do without him. Honestly, I, he, to me, he's just a jag commentator. Like he's just there. Um, he's not horrible. He's not bad, but he's not great. Honestly, he's just there. Like obviously, Kevin Kelly's. You know, doing the heavy load there, but you know, yeah. And I've noticed too throughout the tour that Kevin Kelly's had to remind him of things they already talked about, things that's already been discussed. And also, let's just throw this out there: Juicy, uh, Juicy Gino Gambino is not a member of the Bullet Club. Yo, I I talked to Tamatonga <laughs> in person in New York at Hooters. He says what Fale says goes. Listen, he's an associate. Juicy Just Gina Gambino the same way, the is same a part way, of the Bull Club. The same way Bret Hart was never really part of the NWO, he was just an associate. Nah, he, he wore that NWO shirt. Yeah, he did, but that didn't make him part of it. Yes. Yeah, so he was an associate, same just, as Juicy. Just like Social Suplex, he put that shirt on, you're a member. Nah, we already established on this podcast <laughs> that you, you might have had a shirt on, but you wasn't one of us. <laughs> One of these doesn't seem like the other. Actually, I'll be honest. Everybody that had a t-shirt was one of us. The guys that never got the t-shirts that aren't here no more. Yeah, Chief, you got that Shawn Michaels super kick. Also, while we're on the subject, I just want to say there are... Never mind. What? what? I'm just going to say that when I was in New York, I won't name any names, 
there were certain podcasts and podcast hosts from other networks and other shows that came and asked us about other podcasters that used to be part of our network and we're like, what's the deal? So somebody's got heat with somebody out there. So I'm just saying, you you're in this game. You might want to have a little bit of like some ethics or a little bit yes, of uh, uh, yeah. some uh, professional courtesy. And uh, like they say on the chair shot, always use your head. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's some people out here doing some really, really not s- not using their head. Not using their head. You know what they're using their head? It's like they got hit with a chair. Shot. <laughs> it's like they got a hit CTE. With, it's like they got hit with a hard brain buster. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so we'll just we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so yeah, Hikaleo's looking great. Uh, so let's move on to the next big match. Um, we had the Jushin Thunder Liger 30th anniversary um, match on April 24th. Um, Road to show, and it was the team of Suzuki, Desperado, and Kanemaru taking on Jushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask 4, and Risuke Taguchi. And I gotta say, I am loving this feud between Liger and Suzuki. These guys have been going at each other's throats this whole tour. Uh, yeah, what do, you, what do you think about this one? Um, I wouldn't say this was a great match or anything of that nature, but... Um it was very, very, very interesting. So in the beginning of the match, before the match started, Suzuki came out, took the mic, and starts talking about the fight that Jushin Thunder Liger and he had back in 2002 and um, talked about the fact that they were supposed to have a rematch and that they were supposed to have another you know, wrestling match slash fight. And he's been waiting all this time ever since then, and they still haven't done it. And then he drops a pair of MMA gloves at Liger's feet. Mm-hmm. And Liger kicks him away and just freaking attacks yeah, he, Suzuki. He, he jumps him at the bell and they start brawling from there. And, Which was great. Yeah. Dude, I'm loving how like heated Liger is getting um, in this in this feud here. Um, we had a lot of uh, people reaching out to us last week about the... Uh, Keishin Liger, yeah. The Keishin Liger. Apparently a lot of people didn't know so much about Keishin Liger. So I'm um, <laughs> happy to, to uh, lend my... Uh, knowledge to you guys about this although there's a there's a wealth of information online just beyond what i said so you know do your homework do your research but yeah i mean i'm still thinking like this could lead to that it's feeling it's like feeling especially um chris charlton during one of the tours i'm not sure if it, if it was this match or another match but he was like somebody was pulling that liger's mask and like you never know what's underneath that mask now they've said that before mm-hmm. um but i feel like a lot of people don't know what he's alluding to when he says that that's not the only time i've ever heard him say it. i've heard him say it lots of times and i think kevin kelly too but that's they're talking about keishin liger like mm-hmm. you don't want to unmask uh you know yamada because you don't know what is under there although there is a famous match from uh, 1990 him and um uh naoki sano which was probably one of, if not the match of the year from 1990. It's one of the most famous Liger matches of all time. And actually, um, Sano does unmask him. Like, he rips the mask so much that it's just dangling. Mm-hmm. And he busts Liger open. And the um, the commentators are like, Yamada! Yamada! Because <laughs> they're calling him by his real name. And, yeah. you know, apparently over there it's not exactly the, you know, they kind of... It's, it's not like in Mexico. They're not hiding their... You know identities, but it is very interesting, and that was pre you know pre Keishin Liger by mm-hmm. about six years. 
But uh, if you've never seen that match, if you've never seen actually the whole Naoki Sano versus Liger feud from 89 leading into their uh, January or February 1990 match, there's about four matches. They are all incredible. It is the genesis of Liger having great matches. So mm. go out of your way. All of those matches are around four and a half or higher. I promise you, you cannot go wrong with... Naoki Sano is one of those guys that like has kind of gotten forgotten in the annals of time, but just an incredible like junior heavyweight innovator, an incredible shoot style innovator. He has an incredible match from uh, PWFG with him and Ken Shamrock. That's like... It is Ken Shamrock's best match of all time by far. It's shoot style, but it's amazing. Sano, yeah, man, Sano is great. He's one of Liger's best opponents, but you got to see that match. But uh, thinking about the Sano and um, Liger stuff kind of has me excited for uh, Suzuki and Liger. Yeah, dude, <clears throat> this match is going to be great, and I'm not sure, you know, exactly when it's going to happen. Um, they haven't really announced it yet. You know, a lot of people have been clamoring for it to happen at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that's. I don't too, think they can hold off that long. The, the heat's too hot right now. It's too high. Uh, if I were them, I either do it at the Best of Super Junior Finals or Dominion. Well, I don't remember where it was. Whether it was one of the post match interviews, but Liger essentially challenged Suzuki and said, "If you, if we, we should have a one on one match, but if you lose, you have to retire as well." Yeah. Yeah, if I go, I beat you, you leave New Japan, yeah. So, like, oh, that was at the end of this match, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. I mean, all the post-match, you know, promos, Liger's been calling Suzuki out, and he was like, you know, anytime, can, can any you, place, any fight. Can you imagine fight. if we lose Liger and Suzuki in the same year? Dude, that'd be... Are we looking at a at a feud of the year contender right now? Uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah we, right. we definitely are. This is the hottest feud going right now in pro wrestling. <laughs> More than Cody and Dustin. <laughs> That that's that's heating up, but I th- I think that uh, this is this is where it's at right here. I think that this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been great. But uh, this match, honestly, it was really really heated. Three star special. It wasn't anything you know crazy. We got you know like we said, we got the team of Liger, Taguchi, and Tiger Mask taking on Kenemaru, Desperado, and Suzuki. Everybody worked pretty hard here. A lot of brawling on the outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, pretty much it comes down to the end where. Um, Suzuki's choking out Liger on the outside, and then um, Suzuki was going after Liger with the chair and started hitting the Young Lions with it. Yeah. Uh, then Kanemaru hits the uh, Satori so su- surprise, a whiskey to the face of Tiger Mask, rolls him up. Suzuki then gets the win and spoils Liger on his 30th anniversary show. Yep. And um, Minoru Suzuki, after he had struck Liger with the chair, we got that awesome shot of him walking off with the MMA gloves uh, dangling mm. out of his mouth like a tiger with his kill. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, Liger gets some Mikey cuts a promo, and he's saying, you know, the ring is sacred, and if you want to fight, do it in the ring. And then they both get chairs and are, you know, swinging at each other, and they start brawling, and they uh, get separated again. That's kind of been the thing with him is he's been mentioning that Suzuki is supposed to be this great pro wrestler, but he's always using chairs. He's always using guardrails. Mm-hmm. He's always using these underhanded tactics. And like, if you want to fight, you want to have a real fight. We got to do it in the ring, right? Um, he said, if you can't fight in the ring, then leave New Japan. Yeah, and and it feels like we're leaving. We're we're coming to a place where, like, it might be a stipulation hypothetically. If Suzuki loses to Liger, he has to maybe retire or maybe leave New Japan. Like we. 
that that's some high stakes because we already know Liger will be retiring at Wrestle Kingdom this year. Mm-hmm. That match could hypothetically be an incredible closer to one of the nights for Wrestle Kingdom if they chose to do that. But I just with the amount of heat that's going on, I mean, we're Dude, only in yeah, April. It's, I I feel like the feud would cool down by the time you get to January. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly where this is all headed, but um, you know. It, it it's definitely I'm excited for this. I hope they give us an announcement pretty soon to let us know where this is headed. But as we've uh, talked about previously, this wouldn't be the last time on this tour that these two guys locked up. So uh, that this thing is going to continue for the foreseeable future. One thing I do want to say, um, we're not going to talk about it, but there was a six man tag on this card: Sonata, Shingo, and uh, Okada. Oh, I'm sorry, eight man tag and Show mm-hmm. taking on. Um, I'm sorry. No, it was a, it, I'm sorry. It was a tag match. Sonata and Shingo taking on Okada and Sho. Really, really yes, good match. Yes, that match was a great matchup there. Big recommend. Oh, yeah. Dude, LIJ, no matter how what combination you get, they're great. Shingo and Sonata, Naito and Evil, Bushi and Shingo, Shingo and Naito, Shingo and Evil. Any way you Ishii. mix it up, dude, it's great. And then you throw you know Ishii on the opposite end and... Uh, all these chaos guys, Ibushi. Uh, dude, I, I want Shingo versus Okada. Yeah, absolutely. I want Shingo versus the world, man. Yes, I, I'm ready for Shingo heavyweight singles run right now. I want Shingo in the G1. I'm ready to start a fantasy league where I just book Shingo to beat everybody. Yes, I'm ready. To win the IWGB title, and yes. then he beats everybody. Yeah, I want Shingo looking like Dragon Lee right now with all the belts. <laughs> IWGP, IC, Never, US, all of them. I'm getting ready to make Shingo look like that Triple H meme. Oh, yeah. With all, <laughs> all the, the belts. belts. Yes, everything. Give this man all the belts. But let's yeah. move on. So but, we, uh, we had uh, Road to Dantaku. Uh, April 26th, the main event on this evening would be the tag team of uh, Shingo and Bushi representing LIJ, challenging for the IWGP Junior heavy junior Heavyweight uh, Tag Team titles, taking on the team of Rapongi 3K, Sho and Yo, and Rake. And, um, yeah, this match was really good. Yeah, dude, I thought this was a awesome matchup. Um, this was the best Rapongi 3K uh, Shingo Bushi match um, to date. I think it's the best Rapungi 3K versus LIJ J. tag team match. Yeah, to date. Uh, you know the match. It did kind of start off slow with a slow pace, but it all that built to it built up to that moment which uh, Show and Shingo getting in there, and it's built to a hot ending every single time that we see Show and Shingo. And it's been happening since what September, uh, August. Yeah. When did he make his debut? Um, Trying to even remember. I it was definitely it was after Best of Super Juniors. It was after July. It had to be like August September. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every single time we've gotten Shingo and Show in the ring together, it's just been magnetic. It's been magical. It's been magnificent. Mm-hmm. Here I am with the alliterations up in here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's been really, 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 really good. And, um, yeah, man, these guys went out there and they killed it, bro. Yeah, I mean, and they've, they've been killing it this whole tour. You know, all these guys have been in multi-man matches on the Road 2 shows and then this tag match here. They work really well together. Um, you know, their styles complement each other so well. 
Um, they got a lot of time too. At 25 minutes plus, they got a good amount of time to work this match. Yeah, a lot of great uh, near falls. Um, yeah, the show and Shingo stuff is just so great. And I love the story that they've been telling this whole tour. That uh, show is too focused on Shingo. The, they were commentary was alluding that you know show is going to be so focused on Shingo, it's going to, he's not going to be focused on winning the match or getting the belt that it was going to distract him. And that story kind of played in. There was a point in the match here where um, you know instead of tagging it out to uh, Yo, Show kind of stayed in there and kind of went at it with uh, Shingo. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing to uh, take note of. Even though Rapongi 3K have kind of been the staple point and the stalwarts of the junior division for the past, you know, couple years now, um, this is the up to this match they had never successfully defended the junior tag title during any of their title reigns. Right. So yes, yeah, so this is the first uh, successful defense for them. Um, you know, the interesting thing about this match, I feel like this match was kind of laid out and designed for Rapongi 3K to kind of be the bay faces in this match. However, the crowd was not uh, sticking to the script. They were more behind uh, LIJ. LIJ. Yeah, mainly more behind Shingo. Shingo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which Bushi is which tells you something because Bushi is extremely popular over there. That's not to say he's not popular. Right. Guy's really over, but I mean, Shingo he, is. He was like, getting Bushi was getting his shirts too, but when Shingo got in there, star. the the decibel level was a clear difference for when he was in there, and the crowd was behind him. You know, even at points where LIJ were kind of using some dirty tactics and, you know, Shingo's being a little bit over-aggressive. You had um, Bushi at one point, he hit a low blow. Um, I think it was on Yo, he hit the low blow on. Hey, hey, it's only cheating if you get caught, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, even even at those points where they were kind of cheating, um, they, were, they were still kind of firmly behind LIJ, which I found. That just shows you how popular um, Los Ingobernables de Japón is. Yeah, so let's go to the end here. So basically, we come to a point where Sho takes out Shingo. Uh, Rapongi 3K looks for the 3K, but Bushi fights it off and hits an amazing double hurricane run on these guys. Shingo comes back in, hits forever clotheslines. He dumps Sho. Bushi follows with a suicide dive, and Shingo hits the pumping bomber and just about nearly decapitates. Yeah, dude, he, he destroyed Yo with that pumping bomber. Rebellion follows. Bushi covers for two. Dude, they, they got me on that Rebellion. Yeah. They hit the Rebellion, and I thought Shingo and Bushi got it there. That's where I was like, okay, this match is... We're, we're up there. We're up there, ladies mm -hmm. and gentlemen. Bushi heads to the top, flies into a super kick. Shingo gets cut off by Sho and saves Yo. They uh, they brawl. They hit double knees to uh, Shingo, and the 3K follows. 3K to Bushi is cut off. Ref gets bumped. Bushi hits a low blow, blow, blow uh, backslide and bridges for two. Bushi hits the running MX. Dude, they got they got me on the backslide low blow too. Also, yeah, these these near falls were awesome, and uh, that gets to Bushi goes up top and the MX misses. He walks into a three K and Shingo. Yeah, Shingo makes a save after that three uh, K, uh, and then uh, I have I had notes here. My like computer <laughs> just cut out. It's weird. Yeah, sh uh, Shingo the three K, which I thought was a finish there, but Shingo came in. Made the save, and then Yo, uh, Yo picked Bushi up, hit him with a dragon suplex, and, and got the finally one. pins Bushi. Yeah. And we get the finish to what was an excellent match. Rapongi 3K finally successfully defending the junior titles for the first time ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, the layout and the slow build were, were there, but it played so well, kind of just leading to Sho and Shingo, you know, going down the home stretch like we talked about. 
Um, the near falls at the end were really, really good. This might be the best junior tag match I've seen in New Japan since um, Roppongi 3K and Young Bucks. The Young Bucks a yeah. year ago. Uh, Over a year ago. Yeah, at this point, definitely the match of the tour. Yeah, um, by far. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, Yeah, I mean, well, I guess next to uh, Saber and Ibushi, if you count that as... Well, you know what? You know what? You're right. I, I... Man, so much has happened on this the tour. The thing is, this tour is so long, and you but have... Do you, do like, you count that as part of the tour? Because technically, that's not really Road to Dantaku. Technically, that's... Uh, what that was, it was Sengoku Lord. Lord Sengoku Lord but it was it was in the middle of Rotu shows also so if you count it all as one big Dantaku tour which I don't know if you do or not then no I would still say Zack Saber, Saber and uh, yeah. Bushi was better but if you're just going strictly by the Dantaku tour title taglines then, then yeah this is the best LIJ, one um, big yes, recommend uh, Rapunga 3K yeah big big recommend uh, question from our man uh, Rambone Slam Pig he says why is Shingo so goddamn amazing. I don't know, man. He was he was built for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. There's just so much love about Shingo. His his facial expressions, the intensity, his strength, just the way he moves around the ring. When Shingo gets in the ring, he demands your attention. All eyes are on Shingo when he's in there. Yeah, and I got to say, you know, I was very hesitant about whether or not I would be happy about... Obviously, I was going to be happy about Shingo getting a chance in New Japan and, um, you know, kind of getting a chance to step into the big leagues after all those years in um, Dragon Gate. But at the same time, he was coming in as a new character. I didn't know how I would feel about all of this. But ultimately, it's proven to be nothing but extremely successful. And he, aside from the ongoing show feud we haven't really seen him in any sort of real prominent right. like singles feud or anything of that nature yet yeah I mean they've been pretty much he, he's been kind of bubbling over on the back burner right now Yeah, they've been just kind of heating him up getting some big wins in multi-man matches he hasn't been pinned he hasn't been submitted yet he's been undefeated though that's one thing for sure Yeah, unless you count him getting thrown out during a during the honor rumble honor rumble or other people taking pinfalls during tag matches but yeah. his shoulders have not been on the mat for three he his is, fingers have not tapped the mat he has not tapped out he has not been pinned he's not even been disqualified technically speaking this is an undefeated wrestler right now yeah and i i am salivating to see him and best of the super juniors and just seeing all the people he's going to destroy in that thing. Did you see that Jungle Boy is going to be wrestling David Arquette at Bar Wrestling? I did not see that. Yeah, look at that. Oh, wow. Can't wait for our see what uh, Jeremy Tate and uh, Chris Bryan got to say about yeah, that we one. Yeah, got to see what those guys got to say about this. That's May 8th. I'm sure they're going to definitely be covering that. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, love that. The beep, 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 David Arquette watch. The David Arquette watch 2019. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, be sure to check out Grown Men Watch This Shit. Right here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. But yeah, this was uh, a great match here. Great way to end this uh, Row 2 show. Um, and I believe this was the same card that had um, a pretty good uh, six-man. Um, yes, Evil, Sonata, and Naito against Okada, Ibushi, and Tom Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, that was a really good match too. Yeah, so yeah. So there, there are some gems on these uh, Row 2 shows. Absolutely. But let's move on to uh, the main 
show of this week. Um, Hinokuni. We are one one year removed from the Hinokuni show that showed that was headlined with uh, Tetsuya Naito defending the IC title against uh, Minoru Suzuki. And what was maybe one of the biggest letdowns of the year? By no by no means a bad match, but in terms of anticipation and build, kind of a disappointing uh, match. Mm-hmm. We're one year removed from that, and we have um, a pretty good card here. So let's go through it. Yeah, so opening contest, we have Ren Narita, Shota Ude. One fall! <laughs> Tomioka Hanma uh, versus Yuya Yamura, Yota Suji, and uh, Toa Hanare. Ooh, I gotta tell you, I didn't dig this match very much. A little slow for my taste. It was a little slow, and it's probably because uh, Hanma was in there. Hanma looked okay. Hanare looked okay. Um, nobody looked bad, but just the pacing of the match was a little bit slower than I expected. Mm-hmm. Not trying to bury these guys. Obviously, it's been a very, very long tour for everybody involved. And we've talked you know, ad nauseum about how hard the Young Lions have been working on this tour. So I guess they do kind of deserve to have somewhat of an off night. With that being said, though, Yumura, Suji, and Umino, and Narita all were very impressive looking, especially at the closing stretch, which kind of saved this match for me. Yeah, um, coming down to the end, um, Narita cuts off uh, Uemura, and Umino hits a spine buster for two, goes for a Boston Crab, uh, Umura fights, but gets pulled back to the center of the ring, fights again, and makes it to the ropes, he falls for cradle for two, uh, drop kick by Umino, and then he hits his fisherman suplex, and gets the win for his team. The one highlight of this match for me was some of the interactions between uh, Umino and Yumura. Yumura's been packing on some weight too, man. Yeah, he's not that skinny little young, <laughs> young line he was, you know, when he first broke in. Um, all these guys got me really excited for the future: Narita, Umino, Yumura, and Suji. But uh, I got to tell you, this match doesn't get the big recommend from me on this one. Yeah. A uh, couple questions here from Muzza. Uh, first question: He said, "Would it benefit? Would Hanare benefit from going on a mini excursion?" To Rev Pro um, from now until the end of the G1 to Power Struggle and come back in time for Tag League. I think he said from the end of G1 to yeah, Power for, Struggle. Yeah, from the end of G1 to Power Struggle. Probably. I think I think he could probably use like a little new coat of paint, maybe get some more tools in his uh you know uh, toolbox. Uh, definitely, he needs they need to do something with this guy. Yeah, I think I would uh, send him to CMLL. Yeah, I was gonna say send him to Mexico, man. Might might help him with his uh, character work and uh, you know his attitude. I don't know, but yeah, he, they I, need to do something. I could see a, a Toa and a Barbario Cavanario team. Barbaro Cavanario. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could uh, definitely see that. Uh, next question from Muzza. He says, "Do you think Umora will end up being a junior or a heavyweight?" I lean toward more towards junior. Uh, to me, Umora's got the frame of a junior right now. I, I don't imagine he'll be coming up to heavyweight, although you never know. Yeah, I mean, just based off of size right now, like you said, I agree he's a junior, but who knows? Depending on the gimmick he gets, his popularity, his match quality, I mean, after years of experience, potentially he could become a big enough star. He could, you know, pull a Will Ospreay, uh, pull a Kenny Omega, and uh, get into the heavyweight division. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So we move on to our next match. We have Risuke Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Jushin Thunder Liger, Jeff Cobb, and Yoshihashi taking on Suzuki Goon of Minoru Suzuki, Taka Michinoku, Taichi, Desperado, and Kanemaru. Uh, yeah, this was fine. One thing I did like, I liked that Jeff Cobb kind of got the big star treatment. 
came out to his own music during the entrances as opposed to uh, coming out with Liger, Tiger Mask, and Taguchi. Yeah, Cobb, he uh, joined the tour at the Rotu show uh, the night before where the junior tag title match was. Um, a little, this was a solid match. Uh, it was a little flat for me, lacking some energy. Um, even the stuff between Liger and Suzuki wasn't as heated or as hot as some of the in- other interactions they've had on the story. Yeah, I feel in this match, uh, the, the focus was definitely less on Liger and Suzuki and a little bit more on Jeff, Jeff Cobb. Cobb and Taichi, um, you know, trying to heat up that uh, never open weight title match that's coming up. Um, ultimately, I did like when uh, Taichi kicked the stairs out from uh, the ring before Jeff Cobb could walk up them. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, just the little things that Taichi does just makes him such you know, a hateable heel. Yeah, and then his wrestling sucks too, so there's always that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I guess I, I feel like Taichi's been looking pretty good this tour. He's looked okay. I mean, he's been, they've had him teamed up with like Zack Sabre a lot, though. And... Yeah, the uh, ZTT. Saber, uh, Tai Chi, and Taka. Did you see them um, kind of like putting Taka on blast during one of the backstage promos? No, I, I missed that one. I, I can't remember who they were talking about. It might have been like Jeff Cobb, and but they're like, uh, Tai Chi was like, "You're not worthy enough to face Zach. You're definitely not worthy enough to face me. You might be worthy enough to face Taka." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, but yeah, so speaking of Taka, he's the guy that eats the fall here. Uh, Cobb hits him. With the uh, uh, the kind of slow motion Saito, and then he falls up the tour of the islands and gets the win and gets the win for the team. Yep. Next match of the night, Will Osprey teaming up with Dragon Lee. Dream that's a dream tag team right there. Mm-hmm. Taking on the team of the Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori and Hikuleo. Yeah, and I thought this was a, a really good match. You know, anytime you have Osprey and Dragon Lee. In a match is going to be good. I'm loving the interactions between uh, Dragon Lee and Taiji Ishimori. Short match. I think they got like I don't know exactly five six minutes. They didn't have a lot of time, but they made it count for you know what they were doing. Yeah, it didn't go super long. Um, but yeah, I mean the, when it was it, it going, the action was good. Like I mentioned, the interactions with Dragon Lee and Taiji are really good. We see the continued push of Will Osprey um, as a heavyweight with his interactions with Hikaleo. Um, and ultimately, it would be Osprey hitting that Oz cutter on Hikaleo. Yeah, great combo. Hook, hook kick, Robinson special, then the Oz cutter, just like you called it last week on this show. Yeah, I so, said, you know, it's going to be Oz cutter on Hikaleo. Get the pin. Like we mentioned, Hikaleo is still considered um, a young lion in the New Japan system. He, he's not, you know, wearing the black trunks or anything, but yeah. as far as his position, he's still considered a young lion. So. That's why he's doing all these jobs and these uh, tag matches. Got to pay your dues, kid. <laughs> right, but I'm really excited about the uh, Dragon Lee Taiji Ishimori title match. I'm I'm very 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 excited for that. That's one match that's gonna be great. I imagine that indicates to us that these guys will most likely be in separate blocks during Best of the Super Junior since we're getting a title match from them right now. Yeah. Although they could do they could run it back during the tournament. They do stuff like that sometimes, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Um, Osprey and Drake, everybody looked pretty good in this match. Uh, you know, quick little fun pace match. After that, we got the one-on-one match between Mikey Nichols and Bad Luck Fale. What you got to say? Dude. You're just sighing. This was rough. This this was hard to watch. I thought it was okay. 
I thought Bad Luck Fale was awesome here. He freaking jobbed this little. Yeah, that was the best thing about it. Yeah, Fale got over with me. He he got he got Nichols out of there. He took Mikey Nichols to the outside. Mikey Nichols was talking all this crap about how he was gonna clothesline the crap out of Fale. Fale was like, uh uh-uh, uh, give me your give me your give me arm. arm. <laughs> he took his arm. Held him over the guardrail, was just freaking blasting Dude, his arm. That one like Irish whip where like Nichols went completely over the guardrail. Bro, what is going on? Why why are all these guys like freaking laying into Mikey Nichols so hard? Like first like first uh uh chase last week and then now bad luck Fale. It's like these guys are teaching him a lesson or something. They're like, Oh, you wanna go work Largo loop, huh? Yeah. You're too good to work to work for the you know because this guy used to be a dojo guy. Yeah, he was in the LA dojo. Yeah, uh, which makes it even more sad to see what he's become. Yeah, man. <sighs> so yeah, I mean this match was pretty short, seven minutes, thirty five seconds. Now I like this idea that Fale starting to have these psychological based matches where he's attacking body parts and using a lot of psychology and nuance to what he's doing. I kind of like that, but he targeted the arm the whole match. Um, slowed down the pace, worked over the body with body shots, stomped on Mikey Nichols. Um, there, I mean, honestly, Mikey Nichols barely did anything. He hit a, a desperation lariat and a sliding D for two at one point, but uh, Fale fought off a Samoan drop, hit one of his own, and then hit him for a splash and a grenade and got him out of there at seven minutes. It was literally like Mikey Nichols was at no point ever in this match. This was pretty much a squat, extended squash match. Which is kind of like, well, then why did he beat Chase last week? Right. Like, I don't even get it. Dude, That honestly, the best part of the match was um, Fale hitting that grenade on Nichols. Bro, we were watching it, and we're sitting there, and he hits him with the grenade. And, I was and I'm like, like, yeah, get him out of here. Yeah, you were like, get him out of here. I was like, that's not it, is it? And then one, one two. two. Three, I'm like, yeah. Bro, you guys should have heard Jeremy. Jeremy freaking started, like, I can't even ex- describe, like, the high-pitched laugh that came from Jeremy. It went on and on. Like, he had to actually, like, pause the show. Because I, like. He had to literally pause the show. Because I wanted it to be it, but, like, I didn't think it was going to be it. <laughs> and so that the fact that, that it was it, like, I, I popped huge for that. Yeah, Jeremy popped. It was It was a mess. Yeah, so. If you know what I'm saying. Mikey Nichols, he needs to get out of here. And, you know, we had a question. Yeah, we need to do our own FOH draft at the end of the year. Yeah. Mikey Nichols, FOH. <laughs> uh, but we had uh, Muzzo for another question. Well, Muzzo, he just says, uh, Mikey Nichols will be in the G1 Climax. Change my mind. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be in the G1. Yeah. I would be really shocked if he was in the G1. Dude. If Mikey Nichols brings his dusty jag self into the G1, I'll be heated. I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, Taichi wasn't in it last year. There's only so many spots, and I'd be really surprised if Mikey Nichols ends up Right. Realistically. So, let's look at the G. So, guys who are not in the G1 that were in last year. So, obviously, Omega is out. Um, Hangman Page. Hangman Page. Um, Elgin. Uh, who else? It's about. I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. That's probably about it. Right. So those three guys. Who, who are you gonna put in those spots? Will Osprey, Jeff Cobb, Taichi. Most likely. There's a few other guys you could you could do as well. They've been elevating some other guys as well. Mm-hmm. I would see Chase Owens before I saw Mikey Nichols in it. Yeah. Probably. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. So. And I and I don't expect to see Chase Owens in it. So, yeah. dude, at, at this point, I would put um, 
Shota Umino in before I put uh, Mikey Nichols. All right, all right. It's a little overkill. Bro, no, 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 no. You saw, you saw the Umino-Tanahashi match. I did, but they're not going to put a young lion in the G1. I know they're not, but that's the point. That's, no, how, no, no, that's how bad Mikey Nichols is. I, I would put a young lion in before I put him I in. I know you would, but they're not ever going to do that. Nah, I'm going to talk to Gato. <laughs> <laughs> Be like... Before you even think about putting in Mad Mikey Nichols, it's possible that Mikey Nichols could be in it, but it's I to me it's a high unlikelihood. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Uh, if if you think that your mind is made up that he's in it, you might want to watch this man a little bit closer because it's it's not likely. Dude, what what's happened to this guy? This guy was who mentioned L.A. Dojo, who's in the, the class with like guys like Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe. Sarah Del Rey. Listen, man, I've seen him. Have, I mean, I've seen him have really good matches. Granted, they've all been really, they've all been tag team matches, but I've seen him have great matches. So, so I, is he just a tag guy? Is that is that the thing? That's what a lot of people have said. I don't know. I don't know if he is or not. So actually, like, dude, when he, yeah, when he's in there with Chain Thorn, you know, TM Six One, the Mighty O'Neil, I'm like, all right, this guy's pretty good. Without Chain Thorn, I'm just like, they sh- you know, what they should have done. They should have shaved his head and put some black trunks on him. Yeah, what they needed like, to do. Put him back in the dojo system all over again. You're a 12 year vet, but you're com- <laughs> you're a 12 year vet, but you're going back to the dojo, bud. This man, the PC has broken this man. <laughs> <laughs> He's broken. Yeah, he's broken, Mikey. Broken, Mikey Nichols. Because this man, he too busy learning where the hard cam is. He learned <laughs> how to have a good. He forgot how to have a good match. Anyways, let's move on. So. Uh, obviously, with that being said, our prediction last week that this would devolve into some sort of tag situation. Or DQ, smog. Yeah, yeah, we were way off, obviously. But we uh, we got a non-title match. Juice Robinson, the IWGP US champion, taking on Chase Owens. A rematch of a match that we saw during the uh, New Japan Cup earlier this year. And uh, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, it's a good little match. Uh, you know, not not the best out of the series they've had so far, uh, but you know these guys. Oh, that's right. They did have they they had a title match as yeah, well. Yeah, the title so match. This is the third match yeah. this year. Feud of the year contender. This was the uh, rubber feud, match. Feud of the year contender, right here. Uh, I don't know about all we'll that. We'll talk. We'll talk about <laughs> it. We'll talk about it off air. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was a good little match. Um, you know, these guys are. You know, we mentioned it before, but you know, they they do some. Territory style stuff, some Southern style wrestling. I feel like Chase Owens is the most NWA wrestler to not compete on the NWA. Well, actually, yeah, he was the NWA Junior Champion, bro. He was. When, I forgot about when that they, when they had the NWA Invasion of New Japan. That's right. Chase ago, was a part of that. He was the jun- He was the NWA Junior Ace. That's where he gets the crown jewel name. From. Yeah, I forgot. Dude, I forgot. I almost forgot all about that. He's NWA. I'm thinking about this through. About this in new fact, NWA. He's still in the NWA. This man's making the towns every week when he's here in the states. He's working. Smoky Mountain, he's making his way. He, he should have been on the Crockett Cup. He should have. But, um, yeah, you know what? This match started off very, very slow, and I just thought it was just, eh, it was okay. But towards the end, there was a moment where uh, Chase Owens did a um, sort of like, he was on the outside, and he sort of did like a sunset flip, but it was like a, a schoolboy roll-up. Mm-hmm. And then flipped Chase over and then hit him with the knee, and I was like, man, this guy's so smooth. Every... Like everything he does is so smooth, yeah. And um, at that point, him and Juice started just countering. Man, Juice countered knee strikes, cradled this guy. They were trading clotheslines, laying in jabs. Uh, Owens cut off the left hand of God. Juice followed with a leg lariat, 
Um, clothesline followed Juice head head up to the top. How about he hits this high cross? We've never really talked about it, but the the cross body that Juice Robinson does is literally Sting circa oh. 1992. Yeah, he hits it just like Sting. Anyways, uh, he gets two. At this point, Juice starts looking for a pulp friction. Owens counters and cradles him for a two. Then Owens goes for the package pile driver, gets him up, holds him up there. Chase, or I'm sorry, Juice starts uh, wiggling out of it, counters. Owens counters into uh, his own pulp friction and then hits Juice with a knee strike. Uh, Owens looks for another package pile driver, but Juice cradles him for two. Backslide by Owens gets two. Lariat by Owens. Juice hits the left hand of God in a prop and a pulp friction for the win. The closing sequence of this match with all these counters and all these pulp friction uh, counters and all these like finisher reversals, mm-hmm. I thought was very, very good. It kind of saved the match for me. Solid match, three stars. Um, that's kind of the, the theme with Chase. It's like he's having these match. And you know what? To some extent, Juice too. On this tour, they've been having these matches that I've been really enjoying and really liking. But I can't quantify them as being like truly like great matches. Right, they're nowhere near you know match of the year. No, no, no. Candidates or even like match of the tour candidates. But when you talk about guys going out there and doing their job well and being more than solid, but really, really proficient, great workers and telling great stories in the ring and being entertaining and doing their job well, these guys get it done every single time. Yeah. Every time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I like this match a lot. I thought it was really good. Yeah, and so um, Juice, he's, you know, he's got Chase Owens in the rear view now, and he said you know, he's ready for his fourth challenger. So He said he's done with uh, Bullet Club. Yeah. Also, we got a question relating to Juice. Um, let's see. Zack Sabre Time uh, said, realest question one can ask, dot, dot, dot. What the fuck? Is Juice Robinson wearing? He looks so stupid. I can't imagine it getting worse than Hino Kuni. Well, he's been wearing this all tour. And yeah. Then, and yeah, you know what's funny was I was skipping through a lot. We, we, when we watched him last week during Sengoku Lord, I've been fast forwarding through most of the Road 2 shows. So I hadn't seen his entrance gear, mm-hmm. only his ring gear. And then we were watching it and I was like, what is this man wearing right now? Like, the fuckery. Dude, I, I don't even know what to, how to, how to describe Juice Robinson's entrance. Bro, he, he's he's Attire. reverting back to his C.J. Parker days is what it looks like. I don't even think he would wear any of that stuff at C.J. Parker. Like, he, this, is, this, is some new, this is some new stuff right here. Yeah, bro. I mean, Juice is our boy, but I, I can't speak for his <laughs> I can't speak for his style choices or his uh, fashion choices. Yeah. So you're going to have to take that one up with him. I'm sure you can hit him up on... Uh, on the Twitterverse, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, move on to our next match. We have Sho, Yo, Kota Ibushi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kazuchika Okada taking on Shingo Ibushi, Evil Sonata, and Naito, Los Ingramanables, Deja Pone, and here we go, Chaos vs. LIJ. I thought it was really good. Uh, we started off with Okada and Sonata. One thing I noticed, I think that this crowd on this night was a little bit hotter for this matchup mm-hmm. than the other shows that we'd seen on the tour. This is actually a really good crowd, by the way. And, uh, yeah, and, dude, when LIJ made their entrance and all five of them... Squad goals. Yeah, as soon as all five of them were there, I was like, yeah, this is, this is squad goals right here. Yeah, it, bro. I, I want so badly, so badly to be a member of LIJ. I would do anything. You'd for, risk it all? For LIJ, <laughs> I'd risk it all. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but, you know, once again, L.I.J., you got Chaos with Abushi on their their, ti- on their team. 
And you got so I mean just so many awesome interactions. I mean, look at the lineup. You got Rapongi 3K, Ibushi, Ishii and Okada. I mean, it's nothing but awesomeness mm-hmm. taking on you know, all five members of LIJ, the hottest group in the entire company. I mean, this is as hot as it gets when you're talking about like main event players in a multi-man match like this. Um, you know, three and a half star match, but this match was really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, you know, they've done this match so many times on this tour, and it's still worth watching every the thing single time. Is, it, it also feels different every time. Yeah. Like, it's not like, you know, the normal thing you hear, you know, guys, they they have the same opponent for, like, the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They were the same match in a different city. I'll tell you what, though. I think the star of this match was Sonata. Yeah. They gave a lot of shine to Sonata to try to heat him up. This is the one of the last stops before uh, wrestling Dantaku, which is coming up next week. He will be challenging uh, Kazushika Okada for the IWGP title, and he looked like a star here. Yeah, man. Sonata looked great. and uh, I hope, I hope he shaves his beard before his title shot. I, I don't think he is. I don't think he is either, but it look, it still looks like hot dumpster fire trash. Yeah, so uh, Sonata, he had uh, Okada hit him with a back brick. He goes up for the Muda Moonsault um, and misses. Okada hits him. And with he the, landed on his feet. Yeah. That was awesome. But uh, Okada hit him with the John Wu drop kick. Uh, show tags in, uh, hits some clothesline. Sonata fights, uh, tries to fight off the uh, delayed German. Uh, but show hits, and that spot was awesome. Like yeah. the, the the delayed German spot just kept going and going and going. Because normally it doesn't go that long. Normally it's a little bit of a struggle, and then show muscles up whoever it is and hits the hits the bridging German. But you know Sonata being heavyweight, show a junior. Uh, they show that struggle there. You try to lift him up, uh, Sonata goes back down. See, if 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 he would have come and uh, consulted with me, I would have told him to roll for a knee bar, and I would have taught him <laughs> my shoot style ways. You know what I'm saying? But he he had he had an opportunity. He just didn't know how to do it. Yeah, but eventually he got him up for the deadlift German, got in, uh, two. Then he goes for the shock, shock arrow uh, pile driver, but Chingo comes in, cuts him off. They trade clotheslines. Um, then Sonata suplex show. Gets a near fall. Yo makes a save. Ishii comes in and saves Sho from the skull end. When Evil comes in, hits a German on Ishii. Abushi and Naito are going at it. And then Bushi hits a suicide dive. Uh, Sonata locks the skull end back in on Sho. How about how about his skull end is looking like a real... It's been looking great this tour. It, it's looking like a real dragon suplex. like some uh, sleep, sleeper. Uh, I'm sorry, dragon sleeper. Mm-hmm. Somebody had a talk with this man. They're like, listen, man, you're, you're making... You're making uh, Ultimo look bad here. Right, you're exposing the business. You're exposing the business. Yeah, lock that thing in, kid. Yeah, he locked. At one point, he locked it in on um, on Okada, and it looked fantastic. And I was like, dude, if you would have done this a year ago, it would have been you and o- Omega at Dominion, yeah. not Okada. Hey, if he had done that at the New Japan Cup, it could have been you main event at MSG. Yeah. So, um, one other thing, too, has. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sonata hasn't been able to put Okada in the uh, Paradise Lock one time this entire tour. No, he's put him in several times. Several times he's actually gotten it? Yeah. Okay, for some reason I haven't been paying attention. Like, every time it seems like he gets out of it. Yeah, so normally what they've been doing is, like, the first attempt, Okada will get out of it. And then later on, Sonata gets him in it. I don't know why I was thinking maybe he hadn't. That's why I wanted to ask you. Yeah. But, um... There was a moment in the beginning of the uh, the match where Okada was 
utilizing some of those lucha submissions. Yeah, that like stump puller type maneuver. Yeah, the, the kind of stuff that you see from like a, a Blue Panther or like a Hechicero. Like I really love that style of lucha. It doesn't get enough like um, recognition in today's day and age. Everybody kind of thinks that lucha is all about flips and all about you know high high octane action, but they forget that there is a rich um, you know tradition of ground fighting and submission wrestling and you know i would say hechi Serra right now is probably the top guy on the lucha independence kind of um exemplifying that but man okada sometimes just we saw it most uh most prominently last year when he wrestled zach saber um fought at the uh what was the big, the show in April that they used to do? Uh, Sakura Genesis. Yeah, his Sakura Genesis defense. We got to, he he showcased a lot of that. Well, he kind of brought some of those trip some of those tricks out of his bag during this tour, and um, that's kind of something I think is kind of cool to kind of see Okada be like, "You're not the only guy that knows how to lock guys up. I can lock you up too." Yeah, and speaking, you know, of Okada doing submissions. I forget which match it was, but he busted back out the billion yen dream, the Cobra Clutch. Um, I believe he was on. He did it on Bushi, and he actually turned turned it into a rainmaker, which looked awesome. That looks awesome. You know, I wish he would go back to using red ink. He used to use that as one of his submissions. What was uh, red ink? It was sort of like an STF. It was he used it years ago, and he, mm. it was like one of his big submission holds. He hasn't used it in a very long time, and I'm kind of wondering if he'll ever go back to it. But uh, I always like that move. But maybe he got uh, heat from uh, Cena. <laughs> it's not really an STF. It, it's sort of like an STF. Is it like um, the Regal Stretch? Kind of, except he doesn't. Um, he he doesn't twist them that way, but he kind of locks the legs up the same way and then pulls straight back like a camel clutch. Mm, gotcha. So it's very similar to an STF, but the way he locks the legs is different. Gotcha. But yeah, uh, good match here. Sonata looks primed and ready to go. I can't wait for him in uh, Okada next week. Yeah, cause that's this week. Well, this week, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, next week, this week. That's what I mean. <laughs> so um, that's going to take us to the semi-main event of the night. The IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tangaloa and Tamatanga, defending the titles against the most violent players, Toro Yano and Togi Makabe. We got a pretty interesting VTR video to... Yeah, to, they kind of went into the history of the most violent players, kind of showing all the times that um, Toro Yano has stolen belts from people. Yeah, this man has a, a rich history of stealing belts. Yeah. That's his legacy. And they kind of showed some of the uh, MVP like high spots. So they yeah, some, do. Of, some of their underhanded tactics that they used to utilize, their viciousness. And then I really like the, uh, the the picture they put up of G.O.D. It looked like uh, a GTA photo. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we got the match here. And uh, this match, surprisingly, was pretty solid, pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... You know, if it was just a little bit shorter... It did go a little long. Yeah, if it was a little bit shorter, I thought it would have been, you know, right what it needed to be. Went a little bit long. Kind of, once again, a little bit overbooking a little bit, I think. Kind of like what we saw in the uh, the Never uh, Six-Man Defense. It is funny, though. One thing I noticed uh, recently, I saw someone on Reddit be like, is it just me or is Tamatonga becoming, like, way better in the ring? And I wanted to, like... I don't usually comment on posts because I'm just lazy, but I want to be like, no, this happens every single year. Tamatanga has all these tag matches, and he looks like a freaking star. And I, I wonder to myself, why aren't they pushing this guy? And then they push this guy, and I go, don't push this guy. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, Tamla, you're my boy. I appreciate you, you know, buying me a drink and all that stuff. But <laughs> you, you got you got to work on that G1 performance, man. Yeah, absolutely. But I will say this: he did look really, really good in this match. Mm-hmm. I thought they laid out a pretty in- entertaining, interesting match. Um, you know, Toriano uh, and Togi Makabe early on in the match were busting out a lot of their early offense. I liked the part where Toriano. Um, went for the spot where he ducks under the ring ropes and says break, and then he came out, ducked a clothesline, goes straight for the uh, for the turnbuckle pad, and as they're chasing after him, Togi Makabe levels them with double clotheslines. That mm. was cool. Yeah. Then they um, went to the outside, and they hit a... Uh, the pile dri- assisted pile driver. Assisted pile driver on the floor on Tamatonga, and then uh, Toriano kind of got like a ugly look on his face, and they started brawling. And yeah, Yano took uh, was a uh, Tangaloa out to the the crowd. Yeah, I'm all about Bruiser Bruiser Yano. Yeah, he, he, hardcore Yano. You got Shooter Yano, you got Bruiser Yano, and you got Comedy Yano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but, almost like a three faces of Foley. Yeah, but um, eventually him exposing the turnbuckles worked against him because Tangaloa started uh, utilizing that to his advantage to, and you know consistently throwing him into the turnbuckles. We got a beautiful. Uh, stinger splash from uh, Tamatonga, which is, mm-hmm. I, I gotta tell you, he's got the best stinger splash in history. Yeah, he's got it's way better than Sting's. The height, the speed, the height, the speed, the angle. The, like yeah. nobody hits the the stinger splash as good as Tam- Tamatonga ever has. Period. Yeah, uh, that's one of those things. That's very misleading. You see that, and you're like, man, Tamatonga's freaking awesome. <laughs> But um, ultimately, this match uh, kind of devolved into just like a back-and-forth war between these guys. I did think that towards the end, uh, the match heated up, got really good. Yeah, and then eventually we get a, a kendo shot um, by Jado. Uh, G.O.D. start working over Makabe. They hit Gorilla Warfare for a near fall. They go for the top, go for a, a headbutt and a frog splash. For a near fall, uh, they do some more double teaming. Yano breaks up the super power bomb, but he gets cut off. Loa uh, gets Makabe's chain, but then y- Yano low blows him. Uh, hits a spear on Tonga. Makabe gets the chain and wraps it around his arm. Hits a lariat on Tonga, but that only gets a two. Uh, Makabe goes up for the King Kong knee drop. Uh, Loa makes a save. Uh, Makabe ends up throwing out Loa. Jado distracts him, and then Tonga cradles him up with the tights for the win. Gorillas of Destiny retain the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Yep. So it looks like we can finally put to rest the uh, storyline of people stealing belts, finally. Yep. And so now... As uh, entertaining as it was. Yeah, so now they'll be focused on defending their uh, Ring of Honor tag titles at the War of the Worlds against... Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. And I believe that they had a title challenge recently from the Briscoes as well. Well, I know on that tour, they are facing the Briscoes, but I'm pretty sure that's non-title. I think they're only defending against Lethal and Gresham. The only reason I mention that is because Kevin Kelly put that over on the commentary. He said that they recently had a title challenge from the Briscoes. So I know you're leaning right now to... Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham taking the belts off them, which could be a very ROH thing to do, but I wouldn't be surprised with the build going back to Honor Rising for them to retain and then maybe drop the belts to the Briscoes. Yeah, and they could do that. Just I think with uh, you know Jay Lethal coming off the world title right now, you kind of want to put him in you know a higher a high profile position. And the Ring of Honor tag titles are usually um, you know treated pretty well. Um, so I could see, you know, wanting to give him, you know, a tag title run with uh, him and Gresham 
do something with both of those guys. But they could, they could. I mean, the Briscoe God. Feud. I think this is racially motivated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put the belt on us. <laughs> you know, but um, more that- black champions in pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it's not working out so well for uh, WWE with their Q- Q1 numbers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Although I don't really blame Kofi for that. Uh, no. You know, it's hard for one man to undo, you know, a decade of bullcrap. Yeah, dude, it's hard for three. It's hard for him, Seth, and Becky, you know, three most popular people on the roster to try and save one company. But, uh, yeah, enough enough of those guys. Um, so let's uh, move on to the uh, main event of the evening. Oh, before we move on, I just yeah. want to say we're going to talk about it in the news, but there is a new official New Japan podcast. It is hosted by Chris Charlton, and this week he had on um, Michael Craven. Michael Craven, and the reason I'm mentioning it is because they absolutely buried the ROH tag titles on that podcast pretty heavily. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I mean, we can, <laughs> since we're talking about, we can just mention it right now. Yeah, so New Japan has come out with the New Japan official English podcast. It's going to be hosted by Chris Charlton. Let's just put it out there. They gave us a call, and we were like. Guys, we'll never sell out. We, they want us to change the name of the show. They wanted us to move to Japan, and I just wasn't feeling all that. Yeah, just the negotiations fell through. Nego- negotiations fell through. There wasn't enough zeros on the end of the contract. Yeah, um, you know, there wasn't enough of that uh, May May money. There on was the line. a zero. There was one big zero. They wanted us to do it for zero, <laughs> and I was like, "Come on, Michael. Come on, Harold." Just give us something. They wouldn't even give us a, a New Japan World subscription. I was like, come on, man. Nah. Yeah, they didn't call us. <laughs> we would have definitely sold out. Oh, Immediately. Oh, oh, dude. The second, the second any company calls us <laughs> and offers money, you can bet that we will be signed that deal. Welcome to Keeping It OTT. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Keeping It Rev Pro. <laughs> Where it's Rev Pro all the time. Oh man. But um yeah, no, so they've got a new podcast, so it looks like we've got a competitor in in the cyberspace, which is great. I listened to it this week. I thought it was really, really good. Um, you know, there are people that I saw people kind of criticizing it, saying like, you know, oh nothing screams, you know, authentic journalism than a Company-sponsored, you know, podcast. I'll say this. It is a company-sponsored podcast. Absolutely. Am I looking for them to have critical takes on the New Japan product? Probably not. Am I looking for them to, you know, have, like, super insightful and, and, you know, just hot takes every, you know, abounding everywhere? Probably not. But that being said, I thought the podcast was really good. If you've ever listened to Chris Charlton – um, he used to do, I'm trying to remember, was it, um, God, I cannot remember, not Eastern Lariat, I'm trying to remember what show he did, it doesn't matter, so he's with, what, post-wrestling? See, I, I don't know what his, like, deal is with post-wrestling, but he did do his, um, the companion series to his Eggshell book on the post-wrestling network, and did some stuff for them, um, you know, he's appeared on other podcasts, he was on our podcast uh, last uh, summer. So check it out in the archives. Um, but yeah, Chris Jordan, he's awesome. Does great work on commentary. He's a great guy to have on a podcast. I think he's the right guy to host. 
um, this podcast and Japanese audio wrestling. That was gotcha. his podcast. I just wanted to, to remember what it was. So, I mean, it's not the first time he's ever done podcasting, obviously. Right. And I'll say this. I thought he did a fantastic job. Um, I think that even with it being a company-sponsored podcast, the kind of insights and the kind of – obviously, this is the guy who's written the book on New Japan. So mm-hmm. the wealth of knowledge that he has on the backstories and the culture and, and all that, he's a, he's a great resource, Some somebody that's – you know super important when it comes to uh, the Perorezu landscape and when it comes to New Japan fandom, uh, especially in the online community. And I thought that he was great. Uh, very interesting talk he had with Michael Craven. I don't know if Michael Craven's going to be on there every week or not, but it's kind of cool to see like a higher up from New Japan and also to find out that he was a tape trader back in the day. Yeah, I know um, Esteban, uh, we were talking to him in New York. Shout out to Esteban. Kind of giving us a lowdown on Michael Craven and just, you know how big of a fan Craven and Harold May are and yeah, it's hearing about how Craven was, um, you know, one of the biggest, you know, tr- uh, tape traders out there, and a lot of the Japanese stuff that's out uh, legally on the internet you know, <laughs> originated from him. But I just, I, I did think it was very, very interesting. Um, it was a short podcast. Um, I don't think they're on any like podcasting. No, platforms I saw, just I yet. saw a tweet today that they're working on getting on podcasting platforms. Yeah, so it's just on YouTube as of now. Check them out for sure. Give them a listen. But uh, it was a good talk. And, I mean, they the one thing I would say that's probably going to be a benefit aside from just Chris Charlton's insights is I imagine they're going to be probably breaking stories and breaking news on the podcast. So it's probably something you're going to want to listen to if you're a true fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I would recommend it by far. The other thing, too, is, um, again, they, they definitely were throwing shade at ROH tag titles, which I was like, huh. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting, especially with all the speculation on what the future relationship with Ring of Honor New Japan is going to be, if there's any potential for New Japan All Elite uh, partnership. So, yeah. So, if you want the best breakdowns and the best hot takes when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling and the most intense and, uh, you know, full coverage when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling, you got to listen to the best podcast on cyberspace, keeping it strong style. But when it comes to company-sponsored stuff, they're they aye. They aye. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's get to the main event of wrestling. Hino main Kuni. event. Uh, Hiroki Goto taking on Switchblade Jay Waito. What do you think about this one? 22 minutes. I thought this match was really, really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I'm somewhere between four and a quarter and four and a half on it. Um, it exceeded my expectations. I mean, not to say that I was surprised because you have two great workers in Goto mm-hmm. and Jay White, but, you know, like I said previously, this is the most excited I've been for a Goto match in a while, which tells you I haven't been too invested in this guy in quite some time. And, man, they they blew me away. Yeah, total great story here. Um, I'm kind of that same four and a quarter, four and a half uh, star range as you. And, you know, they've done a good job, like you mentioned, heating this thing up on the whole tour um, with the promos. Jay White's cutting, just saying, you know, Goto's a disappointment to his family, to the fans, to chaos, that he's, you know, worthless. Like, not pretty much, not you know, not worthy to be in the ring with Jay White. And, you know, Goto's had to fire up. You know. I liked that he said that I watched you as a young lion fail and fail and fail time and time again. Mm-hmm. I watched you, you know come up for the big one and then fail every single time. Yeah, Goto's lost um, eight 
IWGP um, heavyweight title matches in a row. It's gotta be a record. It's gotta be. Yeah, I mean, he's won plenty of other belts. You know, he's been Never Champ, IC Champ. I think he's held almost every single title. Pretty every... much, yeah. The IWGP heavyweight belt, the only belt that's escaped him. He's a former G1 winner. He's a yeah, former, former New Japan Cup, Cup winner. winner. Multiple he's won a New Japan, yeah, New Japan Cup like three, three times. Yeah. yeah. But never, never the big one. Yeah. On that Dolph Ziggler life. <laughs> um, but this match was really, really, really good, man. I It's a high recommend for me. This, this is I liked this match a lot. A yeah. lot, a lot. Yeah, I thought this was a really good match, and uh, I thought the striking was great. I thought the stuff, the storytelling was great. Jay White was at his, you know, usually great self, just yeah. doing sly, underhanded tactics, slowing the match down, yeah, powdering. I love the spot where um, Goto was continuously looking to go for the lariat, and Jay White kept um, slightly dodging out of the way, powdering out the ring. Going to the corner, uh, dropping to a knee, and just keep, you know, go to the try like four or five times before he can actually hit that lariat because Jay White was just outsmarting him, outsmarting him and outmaneuvering him. Yeah, and one thing about this match, the finishing sequences and the close of the match were so, so good. Yeah. At one point, uh, Jay White hit him with a Kiwi Crusher and a Flatliner and a German for two, which was really, really great. Hit him with another Kiwi Crusher and a Lariat. Saito Suplex. Goto rolled out to the outside. Um, came back in, got hit with another Kiwi Crusher for two. And at that point, I was like, wow, this match is really starting to get good. Uh, White tried to go for the Blade Runner. Goto countered and ate it, uh, knee strikes from Jay White. Those knee strikes. Dude, dude, those were brutal. And, you know, Kevin Kelly's like, we could get a ref stoppage. I'm like, they could have done a stoppage off of those. Yeah, that, that reminded me of... Uh, the match from Pride um, during the original Pride Grand Prix when Mark Coleman, who everybody pretty much at that point thought it was in 2000, the very first ever Openweight Grand Prix. Mark Coleman, it was a Cinderella story because Mark Coleman was a, uh, a former pioneer in the world of MMA. He'd won several um, UFC heavyweight tournaments, and then he was the first ever UFC heavyweight champion. But since that time, he'd gotten beaten you know, multiple times and was on the downside in his career. And then, and then in 2000, he entered that heavyweight Grand Prix, and everybody pretty much thought he was done. And he makes it to the finals against Igor Vovchanchin, who was a murderer. I'm talking like the scariest man in, in MMA up to that point. And Mark Coleman takes him to the ground and puts him in that same front face lock uh, uh, sprawled position and just starts murdering him with knees to the top of the head. And gets the stoppage win and, win, you know, kind of revived his career, which was like a great story. But that is exactly what Jay White was doing to Goto here. Just hitting him with these knees to the top of the head. And I was like, oh, pride strikes. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it looked great. I, yeah, if they wanted to, they definitely could have gone with a stoppage finish off of those knees. Goto digs deep, gets to his feet, hits a lariat. Both men are down. This is where the match starts getting really good. They start trading strikes from their knees. They get to their feet. They're trading chops. Goto drops White and follows with more strikes. White cut cut him off, laid in some chops. They worked in counters. Goto scored with a lariat. Then Goto sets White up uh, top and hits a Tower of London for two. That Tower, and I know you're a big dude. You know, yeah. Mark for the Tower. Of yeah, London. I love the Tower of London. You know, big fan of Nigel McGuinness in the Ring of Honor days, and I, I always love the Tower of London finisher. And then um, after that spot came. Probably one of the best spots of the match where they both Oof. go to the top. And Goto hits a code red 
off the top rope. Yeah, Goto went up top, and Jay White followed him, and then while in the middle of them fighting, Jay White ends up in a seated position, or like a bent over position, and it looked like Goto was going to do the sunset flip into the power bomb that you yeah. see everybody else do. That's what I thought. I thought oh, sunset flip bomb's coming. But the way he built it up, he held his hands high in the air, and you're like, what is this man about to do? And then... Well, I knew he... Because he hooked the legs first, like, over, like, code red. So I was like, oh, this man's going to do a code red. I didn't know. I didn't know. And then, yeah, then he looked the hands up, and then just, whoop. Hands up. <laughs> Jay White down. Man, yes. he freaking killed him with that code red. And I was like, oh, this is it. Like, I bit on it. I was like, he I was like, he just beat this man. I've never seen Goto. Have you ever seen Goto do that? Uh, I, if, if he has, I cannot remember it. I feel like I've seen him do a normal code red before. I've not, I, I can't remember anybody in my life doing a code red off the top that I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't even think has Amazing Red ever done it, bro. I'm sure that someone's done it with all the stuff that happens on the indies, but this was like a first for me. I thought it was awesome, and man, what a freaking bump Jay White took off that. Yeah, dude, he's gonna be feeling that you know later today, right now while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> so Goto fires up after the two. Gato distracts him. White grabs a chair, and I was like, ah, oh, here we go again. And instead, Goto cuts him off and attacks Gato, and he hits the Ushi uh, Ushigoroshi on Gato. Uh, then he catches Jay White, hits him with the Ushiguroshi. Goto starts landing kicks, but White counters the GTR and eats a headbutt. That headbutt was nasty. Yeah. yeah thrilled him with that thing. Then Goto hits the reverse GTR to get two. White counters the GTR and Goto counters the Blade Runner. But White hits a half and half suplex out of a reversal out of the GTR. Then he hits another half and half suplex. Yeah, because uh, Goto, he no-sold the first half and half suplex. Fired up, thought he was gonna make a comeback. Jay was like, "Nah, eat this, eat this another half and half suplex." Gets him back up, hits him with the Blade Runner, and at 22 minutes 55 seconds, Jay White is your winner with the three count. This match was awesome. Yes, definitely recommended match of the tour. Check out Jay White in uh, Hiroki Goto. Got a question from Reddit user Noel Dynasty 2490, and he says. How is Jay White so damn good? He is just that damn, damn good. good. <laughs> he is, he's the cerebral assassin of New Japan. Let me tell you something. You might not like Jay White, but you don't have to hate the player. You got to <laughs> hate the game. This man is freaking awesome. He's awesome, man. Yeah, dude. And, and Goto was awesome. This was a great match. Yeah, yeah, definitely recommended watch. And Jay White is... Just the, the character stuff, the promo, the little nuanced stuff that he does throughout his matches. Dude, just think of it this way. Earlier, before this match happened, you and I were talking, and you, we were talking about, and we're going to go over the match of the month and the wrestler of the month, but you were like, who's your wrestler of the year so far? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't given a lot of thought. We threw some names out there, but one of the names, it wasn't the first name, mind you, so don't think I'm just a Jay White mark, because it was probably like the fourth name. Mm -hmm. But I thought to myself, and I said, you know, Jay's got a really good case right now. And you were like, yeah, he, he actually does. And this is just another match in a growing catalog of great matches that Jay White is having. And it's really hard for the Jay White deniers and the naysayers to kind of keep uh, denying this man because he's gotten so great. Last year, when we did Wrestler of the Year. I just want to bring that up. We, we, we did not put Jay White on. We didn't. He had accomplishments. He had character growth he had awesome storylines awesome storytelling great promo skills what he was lacking 
was the great matches. Mm. And that's where we cut him out because we said we can't nominate someone who's had one gr- really good match this year. And it was just the, the juice match. It was just the juice match, pretty much. Unless you wanted to make some allowances and lower the bar beyond, you know, when you've got other guys like Ibushi and... He had Omega. Ishii and Omega and just Tanahashi, got Tanahashi yeah. and Okada and these guys that are murdering it all year. And you got one great character guy who's had one good match. It, it wasn't enough. But right now, if, this, if Jay White keeps doing what Jay White is doing... He might have a real case for he's, Wrestler of the Year this he's year. He's going to cakewalk onto the ballot as a nominee. Oh, he's going to be a nominee. If yeah. he keeps doing this and he stays healthy, he's going to be a nominee. Mm-hmm. I expect his G1 to be really good this year. Yeah. Bro, the, the first Okada match, the second Okada match, the Tanahashi match, the Goto match. The Osprey match. The Osprey match. That's five great matches this year, ladies and gentlemen. Jay White's just that damn good. He's just yeah. that good, man. Yeah. Time for y'all to stop hating. Get get with the program. Get with the cutthroat era. You don't got to love it, but you got to learn to live with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So, yeah, Jay's looking real good. And, yeah, I'm hoping, you know, he stays on this track. And, like you said, we'll get a great G1 out of him. I'm hoping for, you know, I'm sure at Dominion he'll have a, a great match with whoever he's going against. So, Yep, and then at the end of the night, uh, Jay White got on the mic, cut a pretty, uh, you know, pretty heated promo, talking about you know Goto disappointing the fans all over again, and you know him just being a failure, and that you know he's coming for the belt basically again. Yeah. So, um, I didn't think that this Hino Kuni card was nearly as good as the Sengoku Lord card was not as near nearly as easy a watch. Uh, the undercard was not as strong, but the main event was really good. Yeah, and I think I made the comment to you while we were watching. I think uh, Hinokuni, it felt like another Road 2 show with, you know, a great main event. Yeah. It felt like, you know, the Road 2 show with, you know, the, the junior tag title match. I mean, that had a, it was a Road 2 show with a great junior tag title main event. I did enjoy the Juice and the uh, Chase Owens match, but that was, you know, it was whatever. I enjoyed the uh, heavyweight tag team match. The the ten man tag was good. The you know so there was some good stuff here, but I wouldn't call this like a great card. Whereas I thought uh, Sengoku Lord was a superior card. Yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of skippable moments on the Hinokuni card. But overall, this is a pretty solid show. Yeah, pretty solid. So that's gonna do it. That's our uh, review for Sing, uh, for Hinokuni 2019. I thought it was a much better Hinokuni than 2018 for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so now let's go into, you know, this is the last major show of April. So it's time to talk about Wrestler of the Month and Match of the Month. So let's recap um, what we have so far this year. In January for Wrestler of the Month, we have uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. For the Match of the Month for January, we had Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi from Wrestle Kingdom. Which I think is still my leading match of the year right now when it comes to New Japan. Yeah. For February, Wrestler of the Month, we had Will Ospreay. Um, and for match of the month, uh, what was it again? Uh, it was Tanahashi and Jay White. Yeah. Um, then for March, for the match of the month, we had um, Abushi versus Naito from the New Japan Cup. Yes. And then the wrestler of the month was Tomohiro Ishii. Yes. And now we are here for April. So the April uh, wrestler of the month, the golden star, Kota Abushi. Golden star. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, Ibushi's just been tearing it up, man. 
He had that incredible match with Okada at Madison Square Garden. He just had an incredible first and winning the IC title for the first time ever. Then he defended the title successfully at uh, Sengoku Sengoku Lord Lord against Zack Sabre Jr. What a phenomenal match. Great match. I liked that match better than the Madison Square Garden match with Naito. Yeah. Two really, really good matches. Um, setting up a future uh, title defense against uh, Naito at a yet undisclosed date. Um, also signing exclusively in the first ever, I guess, lifetime quote-unquote contract. All right, he says he's going to be with New Japan till he dies. Till he, till he dies. That's, that man's New Japan for life. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like him making headways, winning his first title, having two great matches, making an exclusive contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling, plus... Being featured in all these multi-man matches with Chaos against LIJ and just killing it in those matches. Yeah, I mean, yeah, having him a part of Chaos was a great addition. And yeah, so much better than seeing him team with Chase and uh, Yujiro all year like we did last year. Oh yeah, and so yeah, the Ibushi, you know, stock has elevated, and April is overall just a great month for Kota Ibushi. It was definitely his month. Absolutely. So, uh, congratulations. Hats off to Ibushi. Was there anybody else that was close? I kind of thought maybe Okada. Okada was kind of close um, with, you know, winning the New Japan Cup, um, winning the title in Madison Square Garden. Um, and, I mean, some other guys that had good months. Jeff Cobb was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, Dragon Lee was another one. But I didn't feel like anyone else had the same resume or level of great matches or impact that Ibushi had this month. Yeah. Um, the match of the month, Kazuchika Okada versus Switchblade Jay White from the G1 Supercard from Madison Square Garden. Controversial for the, pick. For the IWGP title. You know, we, we had a really, we had a match that upon our first viewing on that same night, uh, which was Ibushi and Naito, we thought was the best match of the night. Upon rewatch and re-review, I came to the conclusion, I think you did as well, that, in fact, Okada versus Jay White was the superior match. Yep. And it maintained its level of superiority all throughout the month. We had great matches between Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr., Rapongi 3K against LIJ, and even this Jay White versus Goto match. But for me, the match that stood as one of the best matches of the year was Kazushika Okada and Jay White at the... You know, in the main event of the Madison Square Garden card. Yeah, it had the story, the bill, the action in the ring. You have a new IWGP champion in Madison Square Garden history being made. The return of Okada on on the top of his throne once again. The Rainmaker rules over New Japan Pro Wrestling once again. So, yeah, this, this match, it was, you know, tugged on your, your emotional heartstrings, you know. When Jay White hit that Blade Runner, you felt the breath leave out of everybody in that building. Let me tell you something. I watched Avengers Endgame this weekend. Not a tear was shed. <laughs> I watched Game of Thrones The Battle of Winterfell this weekend. Not a tear was shed. But when Kazushika Okada held up that IWGB title, <laughs> I let those tears feel free, uh, fall freely, man. They, they were dripping down my face. I was a mess. No, I didn't cry. But I was happy, and yeah, I was it, so yeah, excited. It was a great moment. I also did not cry during Endgame one single time. I did not cry either. I came close. There was some, there was some moments where yeah. I was like, Ugh. 
but I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't let anyone that was with see me cry. So. <laughs> yeah, but we won't. We won't give away any uh, end game uh, spoilers on the air. So don't don't uh, turn us off or fast forward. Although I'm not gonna lie, I marked way harder during some of the uh, pivotal scenes of Game of Thrones this past weekend, where I was like, Ugh. I know, I heard you. Yeah, and bro. Then, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Joey Styles in there. Oh my god. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, holy shit, this is awesome. I was like, fight forever. <laughs> yeah, bro. I was, oh I was in there. God. I was doing wrestling chants, dude. Oh it's God. great. All right, so that wraps up Wrestle of the Month, match of bro, the month. We're a, we're a third of the way through the year. Yeah. There's four times three, 12. We're a third of the way through the year. Almost, yeah, almost, yeah. No, we are. Yeah, That's it. April's yeah. over, man. Well, yeah, past the third, yeah. Wow. Uh, year is breezing. It is, man. Um, so now we're going to give our predictions for Wrestling Dantaku on May 3rd and May 4th. We will breeze through this. Yeah, so we'll start off with May 3rd. Opening contest, we got Ren Narita, Shota Umino, and uh, Tomioka Hanma against Yuya Yamura, Yota Suji, and Toa Hanare. It's literally a match that we just saw. Yeah. Literally the exact same match. And I'm going with the exact same winning team, uh, Umino Narita and Hanma. I agree. Let's move on. <laughs> Next match, we have Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Jujun Thunder Liger, and Yoshihashi against Taka, El Desperado, Kanamaru, and Minoru Suzuki. I will take L.I. or I'm sorry, Suzuki Goon here just because. Yeah, going with Suzuki Goon also. They've been kind of uh, sweeping the Liger team throughout this tour. Yes. I expect they're, you know, to continue to focus on Liger and Suzuki. Uh, but yeah, Suzuki Goon definitely getting the win here. I agree. Six man tag team match Will Ospreay, Toriano, and Togi Makabe taking on Hikaleo, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa. Um, why are we still seeing these guys wrestle? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I'm going with. Osprey once again hitting an os cutter on Hikaleo. I agree. Uh, maybe he'll get him up for the os for the uh, the no the uh, I think Stormbreaker. I think he's too big. He got Lance Archer up. Uh, that's true. yeah, you're right. He's, he's bigger than Archer, isn't he? A little, yeah, he's a little bigger. Who that'll be tough. Yeah, but he had to use the ropes to get Archer up. Do it again. Do it and again. <laughs> again and again. again. Uh, the next match, six-man tag team match. Sho and Yo and Rake Romero taking on Shingo Takagi, Bushi, and Tetsuya. No, it's Sho, Yo, and Kota Ibushi. Oh, that's right. They changed it. Yeah. I'm looking at an outdated... Gosh dang it, WrestleZone. That's why you got to pull up 19... NJPW1972.com. All right. But yeah, uh, Kota Bushi teaming with Rapunky 3K against Shingo, Bushi, and Naito. That is a tough one. Um, you know, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take Shoyo and uh, Ibushi just because I think I think Bushi will probably take the pinfall here. Uh, I'm gonna go with Lij. You you can see Tetsuya Naito hitting uh, Destino on Yo. Yep. Okay, uh, I, I, I'll roll. I'll roll with you, dog. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Because I feel like I mean, Lij has been sweeping chaos in all these multi-man matches, and with Naito uh, kind of like being the 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 challenger. Yeah, he, challenger. heating him up. Yeah. That makes sense. I'll, I'll, I'll roll with you. Uh, the next match of the night, six-man tag team action. We got Mikey Nichols. Uh, Juice Robinson and Hiroki Goto taking on Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, and Jay Waito. Uh, man, this this one's kind of a tough one. But Mikey Nichols eating that pinfall. 
You think Mike Nichols eating a Blade Runner? Nah. Um, more than likely, Chase Owens is there. He's going to lose. I don't know. Chase pinned uh, Nichols on the tour last week. Well, it, well, we're in agreement. One of those two guys is going to be the pin right, eater. Yeah. I think I think maybe Goto picks up the win here or Jay, or Juice uh, against Chase most likely. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take the Seki Goon team. I'm gonna take Bull Club. I'm gonna take Jay White, uh, Blade Runner on Nichols. Next up, we got a special tag match. This looks good. Big Tomohiro Ishii teaming up with Kazuchika Okada. Against the King of Darkness, Evil, and Sonata. Who? That's a that's a big match. I don't know, man. Well, I'm just I gotta go with Sonata and Evil. Well, let let's take a look here. What are we What are we doing with these guys? Then, well, it's the it's the t- the title match the next night. Wow. Yeah, and then Ishii versus Evil the next night. Oh, man. And the last multi man Evil, uh, that six man Evil pinned Ishii. I think I think Ah man, I'm really torn here. I don't know what's gonna happen. Do you think Okada's gonna be evil? You think Sonata might be Ishii? Uh, uh I'm gonna go with L I J. Uh Ishii will definitely take the fall. I don't know if Evil's gonna get the fall again or Sonata. But I feel like you want Sonata going in strong for that title. Defense. That was my initial like knee jerk reaction. That's probably the most likely scenario. So I will take Lij as well. But I'll tell you what, that match looks fire. Yeah, that match can be awesome, dude. The, the last, the closing stretch here looks awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going. And out. I was gonna say something where I was like, dude, we're just getting a a rehash of all these multi man matches that we've seen all tour, which is fine. But it's it's Dantaku, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like. It's not really looking like a super strong Dantaku lineup so far, but these last three matches really make up for it. So that tag team match should be great. Um, in the semi-main event, we have the never open weight heavy, well, the never open weight champion Jeff Cobb defending his title against uh, the Lord of Darkness Taichi. Yeah, so the, they've been heating this feud up. You know, Cobb has joined the tour this uh, past week. Taichi's been calling him Jeff Hog and Jeff Pig, Jeff Piglet. Collins, you know, he looks like a pig, and they've been heating this thing up. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Cobb to retain. I'm going to go with Cobb, and I'll give you a spoiler. I think almost every team on this entire tour is retaining their titles. So far, that has been been the case Mm. for every title defense. If there was one title that I think is most likely to change hands on this tour... It could hypothetically be Jeff Cobb mm-hmm. losing the title to Taichi through some shenanigans. Yeah. But I don't want that to happen, so I'm going to go with my gut here and my my heart as well. I'm going to go with Jeff Cobb. They've been making him look like a big star. They've been making a big push to uh, really get him over New Japan, and he just got this belt. Yeah. And I don't want to see another never title reign with Taichi, so i got to go with Jeff Cobb. Yeah, going with Cobb, tour the islands all day. Then our main event of the evening for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, the champion Dragon Lee defending against Taiji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier. This match is going to be insane. Yeah, I mean, we've seen just a little taste of what this is going to be and all the multi-man matches they've had over this tour. You want to talk about high spots? We're going to see all the high spots here. We're going to see the... This is the Rich Ladder special here. All the flips. We're going to see all the flips, all the strikes, all the dives, all the craziness. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. And uh, I'm taking Dragon Lee to retain. 
Yep. Also going with Dragon Lee to retain. Also, one thing that we uh, forgot to mention about Dragon Lee, at uh, one point during the tour, he came out with a Kamatachi Hiromu-inspired mask. Oh, did he? Yeah. Sometimes I skip through those entrances. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so... He's done that before, though. Yeah, he has. So that's pretty cool. Then uh, the next night, May 4th, we're going to start off with tag team action. We got Ren Narita, Shota Umino, Yuya taking on Yuya Yamura and Yota Suji. We've seen these guys lock it up several times during the tour. This is going to be vastly superior than the six-man tag they'll have the night before. I'm, I love this matchup. Really looking forward to it. Obviously, I think we're both taking Narita and Umino to win here. Yep, definitely. Umino or Narita. Narita could hit that, that high gable uh, belly-to-belly suplex. I like the belly-to-belly suplex way more than I like the Fisherman uh, Oh, suplex. yeah, especially how he's been doing it lately where he does a, it's a rebound move. He'll throw them off the ropes, catch them, boom. Belly-to-belly into that bridge. One, two, three. So, yeah, Narita and Umino getting this Best one. Best in the biz. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have 10-man tag team action. We have uh, Ryosuke Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Toa Hanare, Yoshihashi, and Jeff Cobb taking on the Suzuki-Gun team of Takamichi Noku, El Desperado, Yoshinabu, Kanemaru, Minoru Suzuki, and Taichi. Uh, yeah, going with Suzuki-Gun here, uh, Toa Hanare eating a gotcha pile driver. Very interesting that Liger is featured on the next match and not this match. And will not be interacting with Minoru Suzuki. What do you think about that? Is that telling us anything? Uh, maybe it's kind of like a red herring. Maybe they're you know the you know the IWGP. They're tired of the antics between Suzuki and Liger, trying to separate these guys. Maybe Liger comes out. I mean Suzuki comes out after his match and jumps Liger. Do you think it's also interesting that we have the um, potentially assuming Jeff Cobb retains that we have the never champion uh, in a match? against either, you know, Suzuki or Taichi on the other side of him. Do you think that that could be leading to some, like either a rematch with Taichi or uh, a future feud with Suzuki? We have seen these guys wrestle one-on-one before um, outside of New Japan. We were uh, there live at WrestleMania last year. We saw Jeff Cobb and Suzuki have a great match. Yeah. Uh, wait. This? They wrestled each other at RevPro last year, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, Rev Pro. That's right. I'm thinking about Russell Kong's show when he wrestled Ishii. He wrestled Ishii, and then the next yeah, day that's right. he wrestled, Pro, yeah, that's right. wrestled Suzuki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This man had a had a tough week. Yeah, he did. Had to wrestle some monsters. Uh, yeah, I could easily see them going uh, Jeff Cobb versus Suzuki um, for the Never title. Uh, or maybe maybe it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch and find out, kids. Uh, I'm going to take Suzuki in here, though. Yeah. Suzuki, I see uh, Gotcha Power Driver all over Tohonare. So after that, we have six-man tag team action. Jushin Thunder Liger, Toru Yano, and Togi Makabe taking on Jado, Tangaloa, and Tamatanga. Uh, going with Liger's team here, Jado is going to eat a Liger bomb. I agree. Uh, I think he'll get low-blowed and rolled up, though. Uh, by uh, Yano. By Yano, absolutely. That, that could happen. Eight, yeah. After that, eight-man tag team match. Tomiyoki Hanma. Uh, what's his nickname? Mad, Mad Mac- Mikey Nichols. Mad Mikey Nichols, Juice Robinson, and Hiroki Goto taking on Hikaleo, Chase Owens, Balak Fale, and Jay Waito. Uh, going with Goto's team here, we got the young lion Hikaleo on the other side. He's going to eat uh, Ushigaroshi and a GTR and get the win for Goto and friends. 
Um, yeah, I, I'll agree with that. The, most of this is pretty in, inconsequential to me, to be honest with you. Right, yeah. At this point. So the next match, we have Will Ospreay teaming up with Dragon Lee again, taking on the mystery wrestler X and Taiji Ishimori. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that the mystery wrestler X is um, El Phantasmo, who will be making his debut here on the tour. And I have Japan seen debut. him and uh, Will Ospreay lock it up before in uh, Rep Pro. Um, so with that being said, uh, they have a, a pretty good history with one another. Um, I think that that match looks fantastic, actually. Taguchi, or I'm sorry, uh, Osprey, Dragon Lee, Ishimori, and El Phantasmo. That's one to really look out for. And I got to imagine that the, the uh, Bull Club team's taking the win here. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, El Phantasmo pinning Dragon Lee. I agree. I think that makes it's, a lot of booking gonna, sense. It's going to be shades of Ishimori. Last year, remember, Ishimori came in on the tour, attacked Osprey, who was a champion last year. Now... It's a year later. We're getting a new Bullet Club member once again, a new Bullet Club junior, making a big statement. Phantasmo is going to take out Dragon Lee and make a statement for Best of the Super Juniors. Yes, and, you know, we kind of knew that El Phantasmo would eventually be coming here. He won the British J Cup last year. There was a lot of people saying that they uh, that the New Japan officials were very high on this guy. We've been wondering when he would finally show up. Well, it looks like this is the time, so... Um, unless X is somebody that we're not expecting. Like, what if we, they bring back the original Bone Soldier? Just throwing it out there. Mm. You should see the look on Jeremy's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that one, Chief. But this 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 should be pretty good. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think Phantasmo's beating Dragon Lee there. Um, after that, we got a six-man tag team match show. Yo. And Kota Ibushi taking on Shingo Tagagi. And uh, Evil and Tetsuya Naito. No, it's uh, Bushi and Naito. I'm sorry, what did I say? They said Evil. I don't know why I said that. Uh, but yeah, it's a rematch. I'm tired, that's why. <laughs> it's a rematch from um, the, the May 3rd show, the night before. Um, I think they'll probably do the opposite of what they did the night before. So if Naito wins the first night, they're probably going to have... Uh, Bushi take a pinfall, maybe maybe eat a Kamigoi or a 3K. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to go with yeah, Bushi and Rapungi 3K on this one. Okay. And then uh, we that brings us to a special singles match, the semi-main event. Tomohiro Ishii, the Stone Pitbull, taking on the King of Darkness, Evil. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. I'm hoping this is a uh, strong-style match of the year candidate. Their interactions in the multi-man matches have been excellent. Got me fired up for this match. Um, Evil has already uh, gotten a pinfall over Ishii and one of the multi-man, so he has the momentum going into this thing. Um, I, I'm going to go with Evil getting the win here. You're probably right, but I'm not going to ever go against Ishii, so I'm taking Ishii. Mm. Regardless, I think it should, it should be a great match. It should be. It might not be, but, but it, it should. should be. Then we got our main event of the evening for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Kazuchika Okada in his first defense in this reign against the challenger, the Cole Skull Sonata. Any chance that Sonata upsets uh, Okada here and lifts the title off of him? I mean, there, there's a chance. I don't think there's, it's a great chance. Um yeah, I, I, if Sonata wins here, I feel that would be a little bit too much of a hot potato uh, with the big old strap here. 
Um, so right now, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Rainmaker, you know, getting another great performance out of Sonata and kicking off this uh, championship reign with a, a successful defense. I agree. I don't see any scenario feasibly in my mind where Sonata beats him. If he does, that would be probably the biggest upset of the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see it happening. I'm hoping that this leads to bigger things down the road for Sonata. And, you know, the match they had last year was, you know, fantastic. I think they have it in them to have another fantastic, if not even better match. If anything that we've seen from them on the uh, multi-man matches and throughout this tour tells us anything, then this should be really, really good. Yeah. Now, any last thoughts on that? Uh, No. Do you feel like these Dantaku shows are not as good as the years past? Because I think they're not. They are a little bit uh, light compared to previous years. However, I feel when you look at those semi-mains and main events, those are very strong. They're very strong, but I'm used to getting more of a big build for Dantaku. And it seems like they kind of were splitting a lot of their attention on this tour between the Hinokunis and the Sengoku Lords and the title matches on the... uh, you know, on the road to shows, and mm-hmm. it feels like we've kind of criticized New Japan for this before. It's like they spread out a really great card over the course of a month as opposed to just giving it to us on one night. Yeah. I'm much more inclined to appreciate when they just build over one Dantaku tour, you know, road to tour, and then give us a great card on one night. Um, I'm not a big fan of this, even though a lot of these matches have been good, and I'm not complaining about the overall quality of the matches. Mm-hmm. Nothing outside of the top three matches on either night really excites me at all. Especially since we've seen so many of these matches already. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really just looking forward to those those like the semi-main and main events each night. I, I think that there it, there's a case to be made where if you're going to do a big show like this, maybe focus more and have bigger matches as opposed to just those three, you know? Right. It, they could have combined some of those uh, bigger matches from shows early on the tour. Years ago, it didn't used to be that just, like, it wasn't where Dominion and, you know, Wrestle Kingdom were the only two big shows that got the super, you know, card treatment. You know, Dantaku's used to be big, big shows, and now it seems like it's kind of gotten away from that, so. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to move into the news and the the big thing we got to talk about, the... Uh, the official best of the Super Junior lineup was released uh, during the Road to Wrestling Don Taku um, tour. So here is the uh, names of the official entrants. Um, like we noted before, this year's tournament has increased from 16 to 20, featuring guys from New Japan, CMLL, and Ring of Honor. So we got Risuke Taguchi, Tiger Mask 4, Rocky Romero, Sho, Yo, Will Ospreay, Taiji Ishimori, El Desperado, Taka Michinoku, Yoshinobu Kanamaru, Bushi, Flip Gordon, Teton, Marty Skrull, Dragon Lee, Robbie Eagles, Jonathan Gresham, Bandito, and the Dragon, Shingo Takagi. And of course, they have the last participant labeled as X, but if you seen the vignettes they've for El Phantasmo that was the they've put that vignette in the announcement so obviously it's obvious that El Phantasmo is the 
is X, and he's the 20th entrant uh, for this tournament. So we're going to give you guys a full preview of this tournament when we get a little bit closer to it. But for right now, what are your overall initial thoughts of this uh, lineup? Um, I think that this looks... You know, earlier in the year, we had kind of lamented the idea of best of the Super Juniors this year because with certain guys departing, like Kushida and certain guys looking like maybe they wouldn't have a spot in this tournament, uh, you know, talking about like Will Ospreay's ascent into the heavyweights and, and uh, Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull kind of leaving New Japan and going to Ring of Honor and his future kind of being in question and also doing more more heavyweight-based stuff. It seemed like, wow, you know. No uh, ACH. Yeah, no ACH. Um, just several different guys that were like, you know, they're not going to be around this year. It's kind of really thinned out the the tournament, you know, and even like, even just recently, Flip Gordon's kind of future being in question with his knee issues, we were like, you know, what is this tournament even going to look like? Then, you know, New Japan, like, was like, hold my beer. Yeah. And they came out with, like, an incredible, incredible banger lineup. I mean, so many, like, new new guys that we haven't seen in this tournament before. Um, certain guys that we have seen but we didn't think would be involved in it, like, Bringing back Will Ospreay, bringing back Marty Skrull, intro- introducing Jonathan Gresham, uh, bringing in an El Phantasmo, um, you know, Robbie Eagles making his first entry into this tournament, Bandito making his first entry into this tournament, um, Shingo, Shingo, Shingo entry. Tagagi, bro, this tournament looks incredible. Yeah, dude, I'm very excited about this tournament. I think it could be one of the best, best of the Super Junior tournaments. In history, there's a lot of great potential matchups, a lot of great ways that you can possibly divide these blocks. I know one thing a lot of people are talking about is the potential of a Will Ospreay versus Robbie Eagles match because they've had heralded matches over in Australia that, you know, hardcore fans have seen and have talked often about. You see it talked about online, but not a lot of people have seen those matches. And, you know, many, many people, including ourselves, have kind of complained about Robbie Eagles maybe not showing his best self in New Japan, and you know this is his opportunity to kind of break out. And there's people, you know, uh, Will Ospreay has a lot to do with him getting his shot in New Japan, and so you got to imagine that those guys who are so familiar with one another are probably going to go out there and just have an incredible yeah, match, tear it up. Yeah, I, I can see that being a, a you know a block main event during uh, one of the tours. Obviously, Jonathan Gresham is one of my favorite stylistic wrestlers in the world today. And to see him come into this tournament, that's, like, something I'm very excited for. Bandito, man. Yes, dude. No, I love me some Bandito. Um, I just think that guy's phenomenal. And this is going to be a great showcase for him. And then, you know, Shingo just being dominant all year long. And him finally getting a plethora of singles matches against the top talent in the junior division. Kind of breaking out of that, uh, that junior title, you know, division that they've kind of relegated him to that's very 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 exciting and then you've got your stalwarts you got your tiger masks your taguchis showing yo rocky romero guys that have been in it in years past who will definitely spice this thing up kanamaru and taka um, bushi so i mean very familiar guys flip gordon's returning and that's very exciting teton should also be very yeah, very awesome yeah big fan of teton um, I'm very, I'm very like interested to see where they go with guys like Marty, where they go with guys like Will Ospreay. Uh, this is a very unpredictable tournament this year. Yeah, 
Um, we had a question from Reddit user Eater of Bread. He says, which potential best of the Super Junior final do you think has the strongest potential to draw a large crowd to Sumo Hall? Well, I think that ultimately they do need to book whatever will be the most marketable match because it is Sumo Hall. Mm -hmm. But if they're smart, I think that they'll wind up also uh, combining that with either an IWGP title uh defense or even IWGP IC title defense Mm -hmm. possibly we talked about before Naito and Ibushi which would make a lot of sense but um, you know I don't want to give away too many spoilers since we're going to be doing a a review of this but off the top of my head just right off the bat I think the biggest match you could possibly do assuming Hiromu won't be involved in this tournament which it doesn't look like he will be unless he's X what if he's X what if he joins Bullet Club? <laughs> no, but um, to me, it's got to be Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi. Yeah, I think from a star potential. In Japan. Yeah, that that would be the biggest, probably the biggest drawing match out of these 20 guys that you could do. The two biggest stars in the entire tournament in and New Japan right two now. Two guys who, are, who can clearly be heavyweights right now. Yep. I mean, the way that they've pushed Will Ospreay, the multiple title reigns he's had... His history with this tournament, his uh, recent, you know, violent streak and winning streak and never title reign. And then you've got the undefeated uh, Shingo Takagi, who's clearly one of, if not one of the most over characters in all of New Japan right now. Um, that That's just an incredible story. And that makes a lot of sense to me. So there's a good possibility that and I think that that is the favorite like final right now for most people in general. Yeah. So we'll we'll be getting more into this as uh, time goes on. But I got to tell you, this tournament has more guys than it's ever had before. We're getting more dates than we've ever had before. Yeah. And it's happening in a short amount of time in just the month of May. Yeah, so the tournament starts on May 13, ends on June 5th. So in the month of May alone, there's going to be 16 live events for New Japan, uh, on New Japan for New Japan World. Uh, there will be English commentary on every tournament show. Which sounds like maybe we're getting either full production or semi-full production for every show as well. Yeah. Dude, Kevin Kelly, this is this is going to be like a G1 for him too. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if he'll be doing all of them actually. We'll have to see. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, sometimes I feel like in certain parts of the tour, they'll bring kind of like the B squad kind who's, of. Who's the guy that they used to bring in all the time? I forget his uh, name. There was a... Uh, Warzeska, what was his name? Mark Warzeska. No, whatever. not him. They had their other guy who was like their secondary Kevin Kelly. Mark Warzeska. I heard he isn't he going? Yeah, to, I think I think he, he's yeah. going to AW, isn't he? Uh, no. Man, we're terrible. I for, I forget the other guys. Yeah, yeah it's not important, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we had another question that just came in uh, from Reddit user Diego Kunha zero zero. Says, do you think they will add some big matches to the best of the Super Junior Finals to help sell more tickets? I could see them adding Suzuki versus Jushin Thunder Liger and Ooh. maybe Naito versus Ibushi. Yep, yep. Those are those are both things I could see happening. Yeah, and with it being in Sumo Hall, they're definitely going to load that card up with some other big matches. So you're going to have your final match. I could definitely see the IC defense with Naito Ibushi and see, having I, there. I'm sitting here complaining about Dantaku, and we've got a Sumo Hall show coming up just next month. Um, I got to tell you, though, Best of Super Juniors is a welcome um, 
you know, departure from all these multi-man matches that we've been watching all month. So I'm yeah, excited for this tour. We're going to get a lot of fire uh, single matches on this tour. So, yeah, really looking forward to this tournament. I got to tell you, I'm probably just watching the tournament matches. Yeah. Full disclosure. Yeah. I... With with the way the schedule is, I'm probably gonna end up just, just <laughs> watching the tournament matches too. Uh, so yeah, I mean, on the show, regardless, we're only gonna cover the tournament matches because it. I mean, with the schedule it is, I mean, the first uh, week we're becoming like the first seven shows on one episode. That's like oh. well, that's like what thirty five matches or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> and it's my birthday month. Yeah. Remember my birthday last year? Uh, yeah, we went out. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, we'll definitely keep you up to date on Buster Sleeper Jr. and giving you the best coverage we can on that. We had one last question from uh, Ryan Aaron. He said, I don't get to listen often, but what are your expecta- expectations with the G1 in Dallas? Do you think sales will pick up closer to the show? Yeah, it's uh, Ryan the Great Aaron. That's the co-host with Floyd on Around the Ring. Uh, check that out. Uh, you know, Floyd also hosts All Things Elite here on the network. Um, so yeah, I do think that we will see, uh, you know, a little bit of a surge, uh, in ticket sales pick up once they announce the blocks and who's in the blocks and the matches that are happening at Dallas. Um, uh, I'm not sure how big of a surge it's going to be, but I definitely think we saw that with, you know, a lot of the U.S. shows when they finally announced the card, ticket sales went up, so... Yeah, I'm not really a market analyst. I can't tell you what the expectations are, but I gotta imagine that if they release a card that has great matches that people want to see, they will probably pay to see them. Yeah. And so uh, with that, and also you know maybe the expectation that prices might start to come down a bit, there's a good chance that there'll be a, that'll probably help walk ups and help you know people that are on the fence when it comes to getting. The yeah. Show. And from what I'm hearing, New Japan is expecting a big walk up. Day of, I, I could imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that would be interesting. Also, Slammiversary has is piggybacking off them and, and will be held in the in Dallas as well. Yeah. same weekend. Yeah, so Sunday. Sunday yeah, so that might also you know help both companies to some extent. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Impact, former Never Open Weight Champion Michael Elgin. Uh, it's clear where he's at now. He made his debut at Impact Rebellion yep. on Sunday. Um, Kenny, Which I heard was a good pay-per-view. Yeah, it was a solid show. That's what I heard. Um, he came out. Um, Brian Cage, your new Impact champion, defeated uh, Johnny Impact. Not my champion. <laughs> and then uh, Big Mike, Michael Elgin, came out post-match to uh, challenge Cage, him for Big Elgin bomb. So Elgin's now an Impact. Thoughts yep. on that? No. No, no, nothing. That's it. <laughs> Elgin's gone. He's dead to me. <laughs> Just like uh, the Bucks and Kenny. Yeah, they're dead to me too. Uh, you know, I think um, Impact's a good spot for Elgin to be at. Uh, you know, they're based in Canada. He's from Canada. Uh, you know, all of his kind of personal stuff that has happened in the last couple of years has kind of died down. The court case got uh, dropped. Um, so I think Impact's a great place for Elgin to, to kind of kind of be right now and kind of re you know put some new life into his career and there are some great guys he can have some good matches with there i do think it's interesting that they're pairing these two guys up to have their first match with one another 
Um, they used to tag actually as the Unbreakable Effing Machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really great tag team, and I gotta imagine that that's gonna be like a super like video game style wrestling match. Like yeah, all the finishers. both these guys have a creator wrestler move set. All the big, you know, you load your guy with all the big moves, all the high spots. Uh, that's what you're gonna get here with uh, an Elgin versus Cage matchup. Yep, and kind of a light news week, just a couple things to go over. Yeah, I mean, the last thing, we, were, we already talked about the podcast, the New Japan official podcast. Uh, last thing I have here, um, there were some names announced for the, uh, the Southern Showdown Tour in Australia. Uh, Bad Luck Fale, Will Ospreay, Kazuchika Okada, and Switchblade Jay White have been officially announced for the uh, Southern Showdown Tour. So that should be uh, you know, a really fun tour. Um Looks like they'll be doing some big matches with some of those guys. So, looking forward to seeing those. And like we mentioned, we'll get um, you know, we'll try maybe we'll get Chris Bryan on the show because uh, he's supposed to be going to those things. And uh, we have a couple more questions that just came in. Oh man, the listeners are pouring them in. Uh, this is from Reddit user Bravo Tango Zulu. He says, "Will Shingo go undefeated through his best of the Super Junior block?" And if not, who should be the one slash ones to beat him? Personally, I'm leaning show. I think that there's a good case to be made that show could potentially be somebody to defeat him in the tournament. Considering, you know, the history between them and the build between them, that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, but I could also see him just juggernauting through the tournament and going undefeated to into the finals. the finals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If anybody's going to beat Chingo. I mean, the two people I would have beat him would be either Show or Will Ospreay. Yeah. Other than that, looking at this list, I, there's not. I mean, you can make it. You can make an argument for anybody, but from a storyline perspective, those are the right. two guys that make the most sense. I mean, Taguchi could get a sneak win on him, but then again, it's a big tournament with a lot of like guys, and you got to imagine that realistically. Mm-hmm. More than likely, most people are probably taking at least two pinfalls in this tournament. Right. That's what normally the normal. Well, with with the the number of participants, we're getting close to like G one numbers here, and it's like for them to book it in a way that is compelling and interesting going into a finals. It, I mean, a guy who's undefeated, if he goes undefeated the entire time, let's say, mm-hmm. then by like. I don't know the math, but like, the, how many nights are, how many other guys are they, how many people are in it? It's 20? Yeah. So they're wrestling ten, nine ten, other guys? 10 in each block, yeah. So, like, by their eighth night, if they're undefeated and they win that eighth night, then you already know that they're going to the finals. It kind of cuts down on some of the drama. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, you got to imagine that they're going to take one, maybe two pinfalls each. Mm-hmm. And that is Gato's booking style, especially if you want to, um, let's say you, you decide to push Shingo to the finals and he wins the entire thing. You want to have p- potential matchups for him down the line if he does hypothetically win the title, or you know even if he doesn't, to have just fresh matchups down the line, something that that is compelling. So it is possible that everybody in this tournament could take losses. Yeah. So I think it's more likely he loses once or twice than it is that he goes undefeated. Right. Yeah. I don't think he'll go completely undefeated. And yeah, Shingo and Osprey would be the two main guys. I mean, excuse me, Show and Osprey would be the two main guys I would have. Potentially uh, pin him in this tournament. Yeah, I could even see maybe like an Ishimori beating him. Yeah, they could. They could do that. I mean, they could do anything. But, yeah, but Ishimori is a guy that kind of makes sense because he's he's at the top of the card. He's one of the top, 
you know, juniors in the whole company, and that's something that would also make sense to or, me. Or, you know, they could always pull, you know, like, the Taguchi upset, like Taguchi saw on Kushida yes. in the past and other past champions. Taguchi has been proven to can pin anybody at any time, so... I'm ready. Know, I'm ready for this old man Tiger Mask run. <laughs> yeah, we could get that 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 run like we got last year. Where Tiger Mask, you know, wins like his first like four matches, and you're like, well, what is going on? And everybody's brackets getting busted. What if Bushi beats Shingo? If they're in the same block, hmm, that would be interesting. Yeah, I don't see that happening, but that would yeah, that'd be. He weird. beat Will Osprey last year. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, there's upsets in this tournament, man. Yeah, there's stuff that you don't see coming, so that's why it's hard to predict. Yeah. It could be uh, Taka time. All, all I know is we definitely we're, – we're doing a tournament, right? Uh, we haven't con- talked about it, but are we going to do a contest this year? I, I think so. Break, break, breaking <laughs> right, live on production, the air. Production meeting on the air. Right on the air, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. I don't see why not. Any more questions? Uh, yes. Our, our How bo- many more? Just one more. Oh, God. I'm so tired. Our boy Maserati. He said, I lost my Amazon Fire Stick. So how do I convince my boss to let me stay home and catch up on NJPW once I finally figure out where it's at? Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really condone skipping out on work, Maserati. You, you, you got to take care of what you got to take care of first, man. But um, yeah, I mean, you could always fake an illness. Hopefully, you've got some uh, vacation days stored up. You yeah, know what I'm just saying? T- take some uh, PTO days. Some PTO. Uh, uh, yeah, man. Better, better get a laptop, man. Use that uh, NJPW extension from our boy Danny. Depending on how serious you are about this, I mean, if you really want to work the gimmick, you could, like, get an eye patch or put a cast on. You know, Cowboy uh, Bob Orton did it for a long time, and, I mean, no one really seemed to question that guy, so, yeah. you know. Or maybe maybe tell your boss that, you know, you, um, you could potentially be a guest uh, co-host on... The most popular <laughs> New Japan podcast on the internet, keeping it strong style, and you have to stay home and catch up because it's gonna skyrocket. You so, know, something tells me that's not gonna work. <laughs> uh, but I think that's gonna do it. Uh, so we'll be coming back to you next week. Uh, next week we'll be we'll be bringing you coverage of Wrestling Dontaku Night One and Night Two, and bringing what a prediction for. Best Super Juniors is that the next week? That's the next week. We'll be doing uh, the following week. So in two weeks, we'll have our Best of Super Junior preview. Next week, Wrestling Dontaku um, review. And, of course, keeping you up to date on all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I'm sure by next week, the blocks, maybe the blocks will be announced. Hopefully. Some of the big matchups so we can... Just kind of, if those come out, we'll announce them, but we'll still do the big preview in two weeks. And before we go off the air, I just want everyone out there who's listening and who's gotten this far in the show to know we appreciate you. We appreciate your support. And we thank you for listening to us. You guys are the best. The only reason we have a show is because of listener support, listener interaction. Jeremy, take us home. Yeah, so make sure you connect with us on social media, on Twitter. The show is at KI Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. You can also follow us at Social Suplex on Facebook. We are Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. You can also find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the pro black guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. You can email me, Jeremy at Social Suplex.com. 
Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Lada and James Boyd. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast from Scotland. Every other Wednesday, we have our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling, Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. On Thursdays, we have NXT, then, now, and forever with James Boyd. And then on Saturday, we have All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr. And I'm hearing that there might be a a special co-host going on for this Saturday's All Things Elite. So make sure you tune into that. Make sure you are subscribed to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. It's Dustin. (laughs) Leave a rating and review, and we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Ichiban. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.